Well, hello there, dad and lovely listeners. It's you boys. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben Eller. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we are Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast. In fact, the only horror movie review podcast. The only one there I ever are no of. others. Nope. Yeah, don't even search for anything else. They're nope. not out there. Don't exist. There's just us. <laughs> and we are kicking off the October Halloween season with a bang because on today's episode, we've got a review ski of Evil Dead from 2013. We've got a very special preview palace with a guest star and we're going to be doing our usual catching up and shooting the shit and having a good time and drinking a code beer if you want to get right to the movie review portion there's a timestamp for that in the podcast description but you don't want to miss this bullshit today no, you don't want to no. miss it I'll tell it's you gonna that. be top quality bullshit mm-hmm. and i'll tell you how top quality it's going to be i've got to go ahead and get this thing going here before we even start talking about all the cool horror movies we've watched this week I got to get this whistle wet. Is that all right yeah. with you? How's your whistle? What's yeah. the whistle quality? Wait, I'm just listening in. Yeah, no, I, I just heard a tumbleweed roll across my tongue. Oh, I thought I could hear that. Yeah. Well, what is that I hear? Oh, no. Two men are shooting at each other. One <laughs> man called West another in there. man a varmint. <laughs> it's like a desert There's in gold there. in them hills? Did that just I come from so. my teeth? I guess what? so. We better drink ourselves a co-beer here. We got ourselves a Destill Brewery, which is from Illinois. This is their Haze of the Dead, Hazy Double IPA, brewed of Citra and Simcoe Hops. It's part of their Deadhead IPA series. I got this over at Merchants Beer in the Old City, Knoxville, and it is just fucking divine. I don't think you've had this yet, have you? I have not. I'm excited for this. It's got Blake Dotes, so that sounds fun. So horses and ponies will love it. <laughs> yep, yep. And what was it we <laughs> said last week or something, uh, something, something about? about a, I hope you, you feel, feel like, like a fancy horse. Fancy horse. There you go. <laughs> this will make me feel like a fancy horse. <laughs> I think that it will, man. Yeah. <laughs> horse approved. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really, really good old tasty beer here. Uh, we've had some other stuff from Distill on the show. We have. Yeah. The rumor about this company is that they fuck, and I think you can believe <laughs> the think, rumors. I think I heard somebody saying that. They were, they were saying, oh, Distill? Ooh, watch out. Yeah, they fuck. They fuck. And it's true. This is a very delicious, very tropical IPA that's got a creamy mouthfeel and a beautiful golden color. as fuck. Mm-hmm, it, that's right. Sm- smells like Citra. I mean, isn't that pretty much exactly what happens with everything with citra in it yeah it's, <laughs> it's kind like of like a, a palate yeah. dominator for yeah. sure yeah i no. got a wet ass pint glass right now i'll tell you that <laughs> mm. from the t- from the bottom to the top with that wet ass pint glass that's right man yeah. drink them up have a beer it's a wet ass pint glass <laughs> he's gonna wet your whistle yet yeah good. i'm excited i'm gonna taste you? this out Get you, get you a tug on that thing and report back with your findings. And I'm going to go in after. It's yeah. thick. Yeah, it's thick. It's thick beer. It's thick. It's grapefruity. It's got the, it's citrusy. It's a good, got like that juicy mm. grapefruity flavor to it. It sure does. I think I could probably make a morning bowl of cereal with some fucking fruity pebbles and just pour this Ooh. on instead of some milk. I think that would get my day yeah. started yet good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's drinkable. Well, now that my, my whistle is getting moistified oh, yeah, right here. Steve, I'd love to catch up with you and find out what in the hell you've been doing this week. What have you been doing? <laughs> what I've been doing, man. I've been doing it is what I've been doing. I, I watched some wrestling Duke. the other night. 
<laughs> watch a little razzle. Yeah, little razzle dazzle. You um, say? I I actually just happened upon the Clash of Champions 2020 pay per view, which happened most recently. It was just playing on WWE, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. I don't really keep up with wrestling, like modern wrestling. I know mm-hmm. names and stuff, but I haven't watched many matches. But they had a, a, a ladder match, and Jeff Hardy was in it. And oh, I was like, Hardy that boys. guy is older than than us. I was going to say, yeah, he's getting on up in his years, isn't he? Yeah, and he is still uh, not showing it at all. He was jumping off of ladders left and right. Oh, my God. I don't know the last thing that I jumped off of or even how high it was. It probably you know, was embarrassingly thought, low. <laughs> I thought about that the other day because, like, I remember jumping off of something uh, embarrassingly low and uh, kind of feeling in my foot like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that while we were, like, recently, you know, like, putting some stuff from the house and storage and all that jazz, I think I jumped off, like, the bed of a truck and I landed and I was like, I... Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty lame. Yeah. We can't really jump off stuff anymore. We're yeah, past our well, jumping days, man. Jeff Hardy has not heard about this because he 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 placed a feller uh, on a ladder, laid crossed the mat and the announcer's table, and then got up on a ladder himself and did a little swanton bomb onto Uh-oh. feller and broke Ooh. the ladder in half. Look out. It was badass. (laughs) They don't build those ladders like they used to, man. I think they actually do. I think WWE makes their own, and they built them in a very specific way because they don't warp anymore. You know how, like, in the old TLCs, like, they would start climbing a ladder and then, you know, push each other off or whatever, and it would get all warped and it would be all fucked up. They don't really warp anymore, but they're also, they they look like they're made out of, it's not metal but it's it's also not like weak because it can hold hmm. two full-grown like 200 and something pound men so mm, it, okay. it, it is a little bit softer i think though because it you you wouldn't normally be able to break a ladder in half <laughs> they make those ladders out of fondant like you you decorate cakes with they're yes, so soft that way the wrestlers don't get hurt you can yeah. tell it's fake buddy velastro made it it's actually a cake it is. The whole thing <laughs> is cake. cake. ladder. The whole thing the, is The cake. ring, too. The entire ring is actually just a cake. It's cakes all the way down, baby. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Sounds like there's some true pageantry in that, in that art yeah. of razzling. Oh, you know what? Uh, it was actually really interesting. It was the first time I've seen one of these, like, empty arena things. But, like, what they have now is, like, they have uh, screens with people like live streaming fans, live streaming them watching the live stream Oh, and it works really well. They're piping and in like, obviously, wait, wait, wait. and none of them got their dicks out during the stream. Are you serious? Well, see, that was surprising to me. I think they keep them on a delay though. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a wise idea. Yeah, I did think about that several times, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was interesting. And they're obviously piping in like booze and stuff. It's got to be Vince McMahon's wet dream because he has always wanted to be able to control the crowd as well. (laughs) Right, yeah. To tell them, like, no, you like this person. Dude, I think the coolest thing would be, though, is if all these, like, sports events and stuff like that replaced the crowds with, like, old, unused animatronics from, like, Chuck E. Cheese restaurants and stuff. Oh, man, that would be (laughs) hilarious. It'd be horrifying. Yeah, all dilapidated (laughs) and shit. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's cool, man. That sounds like a pretty good watch. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun, uh, uh, fun little like surprise. Like I, I just happened upon it. But 
this week i have been watching some horror movies because i'm getting ready for the spooky season it's spooky season there's spooks in the air we've got a little gray cloudy overcast sky there a little bit of rain it's looking real gloomy like yeah i'm gonna go ahead and 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 break the fourth wall here and tell you guys this is not the first time we've recorded the introduction to this podcast this is a reenactment this is a reenactment because my power went out and it didn't auto save (laughs) and then really funny we started to record again, started to sync up. I said three, two, one, and my power went out again. <laughs> <laughs> it was listening. It was yeah. like, I'm going to nail this downbeat right here, motherfucker. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been, I've been watching some horror movies this week because I, I, uh, I've actually been, I was, because of this movie, I was researching like um, remake, like horror remakes and like the remake boom of the 2000s. Oh, so yeah. I ended up watching, watching. I ended watching. up watching The Haunting from 1999 with Catherine Zeta-Jones and et cetera. Oh, uh, Luke Wilson is in it. I remember the special effects being fantastic. <laughs> they did not look cartoonish and rubbery at all. <laughs> Does that movie hold up? Because I don't think I've seen it since like 99. No, no. Really. no, it doesn't hold up, <laughs> but there is some really good set design on it, I think. Um, okay. And Catherine Zeta-Jones and Lily Taylor do good in it, but it, it's just, it's bad. It's not a good movie, I don't think. Now, Liam Neeson is in that too, right? Does his daughter get taken or anything? <laughs> Speaking of Liam Neeson and Taken, um, in the movie, Liam Neeson refers to a cell phone, which you'll remember from Taken. She was honest. See, that's how I put the two together. That's um, right. He refers to a cell phone as a cell telephone cell telephone not a cellular phone no no not a cellular phone <laughs> cell not a cellular telephone, telephone. not just a phone <laughs> nope a cell telephone no one has ever said that i'm gonna start a new thing i'm gonna start saying yo call me on my cell tell <laughs> could i have the number for your cell tell and people are like what you know your cell tell I, I really do. I, I could believe if somebody from Australia told me that in Australia they call them celly tellies, I would believe that. That Absolutely. sounds real. Yeah, that yeah. sounds real. <laughs> All right, so that movie sucks, huh? I also watched the Fright Night remake. Oh, now see, I remember watching that a long time ago. I think even before I watched the original and I honestly don't remember anything about it. So we did Fright Night like two years ago or so. And it was, I think, the first time you had seen it. And I had seen it, uh, or maybe not the first time, but it was one of the, one of the first times you had watched it. Yeah. And I, I had seen it as a kid. And I never really loved it. A lot of people really love, love it. it. Yeah. Uh, I never really loved it. I think the remake is a better movie, but the CGI is absolute dog shit oh is it really bad really bad and in comparison to the great practical effects of the original fright night that like knocks it down a lot of pegs because yeah the original fright night i mean that's the thing it really leans on is how awesome the special effects are and they are great yeah and you know ronnie mcdowell's funny and stuff but uh david tennant uh, replaces the Roddy McDowell character and he's a uh, like a magician who's supposedly into the dark arts instead of a you know a late night horror host 
it's it's i mean i think it's an improvement with colin farrell and david Tennant. i think they're both obviously great actors and they they do really good job in it but it also has anton yelkin and uh imogen poots in it oh she's a putting it up huh? she's a putting it up uh, you know and they were in green room together so yeah they were they're they're, they're great in this together as well and his mom is tony collette oh shit dude yeah the stars are out for this cast. cast yeah damn who plays that annoying dickhead evil ed and is he even a quarter as annoying as the original guy not even a quarter it's christopher mintz plus so uh you know mclovin oh he's in it really yeah it's got mclovin in it uh it's got Aww. uh yeah he's he plays uh what's his what's scratch whatever the guy's name i can't remember evil the ed. name of the character uh yeah evil ed yeah he he's far less annoying in it uh but he of course does still say the you're so cool brewster line everyone's favorite everyone's favorite so i but the i I mean really the cgi is so bad like at one any time colin farrell becomes a vampire he's a cgi vampire and he looks like another person is a vampire like that makes no sense no it doesn't (laughs) like they could have just put fucking fangs on him (laughs) that's the thing too dude like whenever you're redoing and this is really gonna get into the subject of you know our movie today but it's like yeah Whenever you're redoing one of these 80s classics that's obviously known for its practical special effects, and then you have the audacity to put bullshit CG in there. Yeah. Come on, dude. Like, Especially when you don't even need to. It's a vampire. You put fangs on him, and he is now a vampire. Dumb. Like, uh, contact. That's all they did in Fright Night. They did, like, the contacts. I mean, uh, the the girlfriend uh, obviously had that, like, crazy mouth. That was cool, but... Mm-hmm. Other than that, everybody was pretty much just like some fangs and and, and contacts. That's all you need. <laughs> like, yeah. Why CGI? I don't get it. Anyway, so overall, uh, not not great. That's what you're saying. Overall, not great. Uh, but I think the story is is um, story is is the same basically, but it's just made better by having. Colin Farrell and, and David Tennant and Anton Yelkin, and Imogen Poots and Tony Collette. Like they're all really good actors, so it's gonna improve the movie. It don't hurt. It doesn't hurt, yeah. What have you been watching, Ben? Dude, I've actually had time to watch about a movie I think almost every night this week. So we wow. watched through a lot of stuff. So we decided it was the appropriate time to kick off Halloween by watching Halloween from twenty eighteen, that newer one. Uh, I had it on in the background a couple of weeks ago while I was like doing some recording and stuff, but we just sat down and gave it a proper watch the other night. Still good. I still really like it. Yeah. Okay. I haven't rewatched it. So holds up. I, it's still fun, man. Yeah. I remember really enjoying it. And the, every time I think back to the bathroom scene where he drops the teeth over yeah. the stall, that's just that's real badass. <laughs> like it's just brutal. <laughs> yeah, like, he rips some dude's teeth out just to fucking intimidate somebody he was about to kill. Oh man, yeah, it's got some like you know some holes in it. It's got some logic leaks yeah, and stuff. Well, it's, not per- it's not perfect, dude. But no. it's like, um, have you seen Halloween two, <laughs> four, or any of the ones after that? Any of them? Yeah, they're not perfect movies no. by any means. Um, although you know what? Speaking of like all the CGI stuff, there was a part in this that I really noticed this time where somebody gets slashed and there's like CGI blood. Ooh, always Has looks bad. Has that ever looked good? No. It's never looked good. Never, never once. 
doesn't work at all. Um, we also continued on. I talked about on last week's episode how we've been watching through some classic movies that a friend of ours has never seen. We've been getting together and just watching a movie that she's never gotten to check out because she didn't watch a lot of movies since she was a kid. So this week, we watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street, which she had never seen. Oh, awesome. That had to be fun. Yeah, it's really fun watching that movie with somebody with who's somebody like who's a full-grown adult that's never yeah. seen it. Yeah. So it was really fun, and there was a couple things in there in particular that stuck out to me where, okay, so they're having like the slumber party over at the house, right, where old Johnny Depp right. fucking plays the special effects tape and you know, mm-hmm. hiding that he's there, all that stuff. And that dickhead Rod shows up, and uh, you remember he's just like, oh, yeah, me and Tina are going to bang tonight, yes. blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And there's that part in there where he's like, we've got dibs on our mom's bed. And I was like, wait, ew. Yeah, why? That's, just, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> what? And it got I me mean, thinking about, like, imagine if that was the pickup line where you're like, I can't wait to get you into my mom's bed. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that's how that would work. Everybody. I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe your mom has a, like notoriously great bed everybody yeah. hears about this bed they want to lay in that bed gotta know about it can't wait to get you into my mom's bed i was talking about that and that reminded brooke of this time that she ran into like one of her old boyfriends somewhere at like a shitty gas station or something like uh-huh. that and the guy was just like a super mega scrub just totally you know just trashy dude and he's like yo it's been a long time since I seen you. Hey, hit me up on my mom's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is like the oh, slickest pickup line I've ever oh heard. My. Hit me up on my mom's Facebook. I That's going to get the ladies. That's going to get memorable. them all. That's, That's for true. sure. She did not That's forget true. it. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that if somebody was macking on me and they used that line in a funny way, Hit me up on my mom's Facebook. I'd be oh, like, absolutely. Okay, you're, you're hilarious. You're cool as yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the line itself. It's that we know he meant it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun watch for sure, man. We also watched Shaun of the Dead. Newsflash, still awesome. fucking fantastic. Still Love great, yep. Uh-huh. The other day while I was working out, we put on Corpse Bride, which is more oh, funner okay. than I remembered. I think I saw it like one more time. funner. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's an easy watch. It's like an it hour is. 18. Yeah. It's a really short movie yeah. and stuff, but still definitely fun. Enjoyed that. We also couldn't get enough Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, I guess, this week, oh. because we also watched Sleepy Holler. Oh, man. How much fun was that? It was all the fun. But yeah. the thing about it is, honestly, I would say that I only watched about half of the movie because for the other half of the movie, I was staring down into a bowl of maybe the best pho I've ever had because the other day was pho day over here at the house. Mm -hmm. Dude, Mm. oh my lord. This batch of pho broth (laughs) that Kate made up. My god, man. And we have like a big like 15 quart fucking stock pot and it's now, you know, just we have like a year's worth of pho stock in the freezer that I'm going to go through in like a month. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, that's awesome. So we watched that. We also watched for uh, our good old Monday. we watched Feminism. What were they thinking on the Netflix? What, okay. I'll tell you what they were thinking. They were thinking, hey, this ain't fair. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. That's right. They interviewed all these different ladies, and they said, you know what I was thinking? Hey, 
This ain't, ain't real fair. Yeah, this ain't fair. Yeah, that sounds about right. And about did, right. what did the documentary conclude about this? Turns out, wasn't fair. Right. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Fucking nailed it. Documentary. <laughs> it was really well done. It was like a very well put together, um, very very well paced documentary. So okay. I definitely enjoyed watching that. I'd recommend checking that out. And we also watched Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, because it's the best. Yeah. And you uh, you were still you were still loving on it. Nothing's changed. Correct. Nope. Not a damn thing. It is still <laughs> a treat. Uh, check out our review on that from yeah. a couple year back. Couple year back, we talked about that one. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one in a little while. Really, really fun watch, man. Still enjoy mm-hmm. that one. I'll probably honestly watch it again before Halloween. Wow, is okay. Because I love it so much. What'd you guys get up to on the old screaming chat? We Dude, need to start screaming that. Chat. Yeah, I, I know that. it's better. It's definitely better. It really better. is, actually. Yeah. Uh, the old screaming chat. We did uh, Wolf Creek, which I had never seen. Uh, and I've heard tell of this movie. Me too. And and. The tale I had heard made made me not want to watch it, but then I was like, you know, when a good time would be to watch it is on a Friday night with a bunch of people drinking. I always see it lumped in with a lot of those like new wave of extremist movies like Martyrs and what's the one that we did a long time ago? Uh, Frontiers, yeah. Uh, Frontiers. Uh, and then... Switchblade Romance slash whatever it's called. Uh, That's the one I'm thinking of, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, we've done a few of those new French extremity films, and this was definitely playing off of those. But it's, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get enjoying it. Honestly, it really? is the it is forty minutes of Australians partying, and then a bunch of torture scenes. Hmm. Fun. It's, oh, and oh, every uh, everything an Australian has ever said is like a tagline is in it. Oh no! So really? that's not a knife. This is a knife. Is definitely in there. Dingo ate your baby. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that, that, shit, that shit is all in there. So I I don't get why I've been told so many times to watch that movie. I knew in my head they're wrong, and I watched it. And I, I found out that I was, in fact, correct. It is, it's not a good movie. But... Word. It's got... I mean, I get that the, the brutal scenes have some cool stuff in them, for sure. But it's also just like, I don't want to watch kids party for 40 minutes to get to some okay scenes. And that's based on, like, the backpack murders or whatever, Yeah, right? yeah. It's, it's, like, loosely based off of so many different Australian murder cases. So... You know, it's got that going for it, and it does. It does have a feel of reality to it, because like the the killer really does remind me of so many backwoods like dudes that you come across that make you feel uneasy immediately, where you're like, uh oh, this guy probably killed someone. Uh-huh. So he he does a good job. He's very menacing, but it's it's not. I don't know. It's just not my thing. I'm not Word. into it. Yeah. Okay. Run right on, man. But it was fun. We had a great time on the old screaming chat, as it's always been called. As it's always been called. There has been no <laughs> other name for it. And you guys Never can join once. up and hang out with the other dead and lovelies and watch movies with us on every Friday. Yeah, on the Discord. I, I post the Discord link every Friday on all the social media along with you know what we're watching. So just check our social media or get the discord link from any of the times i've posted it or even if you don't want to do that you can just message me and i'll send it to you 
mm -hmm, message and say, I am the lazy, not going to look nowhere. That's all you got to say. That's it. We'll know what you mean. Yep. Or you can just say, <laughs> go away, baiting. Yeah, that's true. Go mm -hmm. away and baiting. <laughs> Be like, yep, okay, here's the Discord link. There you, got go. It. There you go. I know what you're up to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, Steve, I say before we get on to the movie review ski and start cracking down on Evil Dead from 2013, I say we just take ourselves, as usual, a little detour into the preview palace. What do you think about that? You think that's a pro move? I'll rip your soul out, Daddy. Oh. Oh In my the preview God. palace. <laughs> it got kind of nice there at the end. I yeah. like that. <laughs> and how about, because this is a very special episode dealing with one of our very favorite horror series, how about I, I also invite one of my favorite people into the mix, and how about we just sit down and have ourselves a little chat with a good friend of mine that I have known for many, many years. We grew up in the Knoxville music scene, playing music together with our old bands before he got all super cool and super hunky and ripped and stuff. Playing in a little band that you might have heard called White Chapel. That's one singular word. White, White Chapel. Chapel. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. Mm -mm. White Chapel. White Chapel. We've got my good buddy, Zach Householder, on the line, who's just a wonderful dude. How are you doing today, Zach? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> oh, the pleasure is ours. I am glad to be here. I've, I like the, the horror podcast, man. It's a it's a good topic to have a podcast about, so I'm into yeah. it. Well, that's the thing, dude, is like you're the first guy that I thought of as far as like having some fun guests and stuff on the show, because whenever you and I were touring together when I was playing fill-in guitar for Whitechapel, you and I had... Many, many a late night on the tour bus just staying up talking about like Poltergeist and The Shining and Evil Dead oh, and just yeah. all kinds of horror flicks and stuff. So I think that's one of those areas that you and I kind of bonded over first, I was you know? Staying up watching you like Rain Man through Castlevania, like <laughs> Cynthia the Night. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm glad you got to witness my powers because like <laughs> people are impressed by the guitar stuff or whatever, but it's like you need to watch me play Symphony of the Night and you got to see it firsthand. It's crazy because like watching you play it through made it so much more fun for me, like when I went back and played it through again. So I was like, oh, this is all a cheap eating shit you can do to make this game more exactly. fun. <laughs> get that Chris Agrim and just cruise yes. through the game, man. Yeah. But by the it's kind of crazy. Once you get it, though, you're just kind of, it's like it's so close to the end of the game, and then you're just like, well, fuck. Yep. It's like, then well, you can just annihilate anything, just annihilate man. anything, yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite things about doing a podcast is, of course, the fact that it's like a little musical retreat, because Zach, you, just like myself, pretty much spend 24-7 working on music all the time. So having a chance just to lay back and talk about something fun like horror flicks is like a weekly vacation. And it sounds like you have been holed up in the studio like a madman doing some uh, production stuff on this new Whitechapel record, huh? If you want to be real, I've been holed up in my studio for five months now because... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, right? Because <laughs> with, with, with the no touring thing, it's like, well, I better start figuring out other revenues of making a little bit of money. So I've just actually officially started my own business and uh, just actually making the studio a legit LLC and then yeah. uh, like offering, you know, Kemper profiles and like my tones and stuff like that on the website and stuff. So it's uh, it's a start, man. It's something to lean into. And I've never put my studio out there to be used. But, I, dude, I have invested so much into it. It's, there's no oh, point. Yeah. There's no point not to use it for, for recording yeah. now. So. No doubt, man. And that's great, too, that you're finding a way to make ends meet, because I know a lot of our fellow buddies in the music industry are struggling. <sighs> Everybody's struggling, man. Yeah, yeah it's, you know? it's, it sucks. 
why don't you drop that website and a uh, brand name and stuff on everybody so everybody can find it? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, the the website is titanaudioproject.com. And for now, we just have the very good friends of mine in the company, Driftwood Amplifiers. Uh, they sent us an amp, and he wanted me to do an official profile pack for it for the Kemper Profiler. And, nice. And so I literally went through – it took – forever because i did like eight different sets of power tubes because it's such a versatile head you can use different power tubes and all that stuff so, yeah yeah uh so yeah did a whole bundle for that man and it's available now and uh yeah i mean just that's just the start man we'll see what i'm gonna do some irs and impulses and maybe start doing some access stuff it just depends you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm building this slowly so we'll see what happens studio services too obviously like recording mixing mastering all that shit so killer dude so i can finally record my vanity album yes steve <laughs> yeah. sings the hits the songs of the 20s and 30s that's sung by <laughs> hollywood steve don't you go down that road with me my <laughs> darling what huh? <laughs> zach this has got to be the longest you've been home in what a decade? Y- yes, if le- if not that, probably longer. Uh, probably, Jeez, yeah. is that a good thing or a not good thing? It's been a good thing for the fact that I finally got to start the business and really try totally. to do some stuff I wanted yeah. to do. But the bad part is, like, it's I'm so much downtime. I can. It's like I have so much stuff I could do here, but it costs money to do that. So if right? I'm, not, yeah. I'm not making yeah. money, I can't do it. But uh, right. for the album, for the album, though, it definitely helped because uh, we we wouldn't have been able to write and done as much as we did on the new music without being at home so that kind of helped in that sense too but uh i get it man i've written i've written more music for myself this year than i have in the past like exactly eight years combined and i'm kind of burning myself out though after this album's done i gotta stop for a bit because i need to not write music i need to probably get out of the studio for a bit because my girlfriend's going to kill me if i don't and uh, (laughs) That'd be unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yes, it's it's like everyone, man. Like you, we've just been stuck, so we might as well make the best of it. So, hey, that's the attitude to have, man. Might as well make the best of some unusual times that we've had <laughs> this year for yeah. sure, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. No kidding. So, Zach Householder is a man what loves Evil Dead. I think even beyond the limits of what myself and Steve do, like Whoa. myself and and Hollywood Steve, we grew up yeah. in the hood of the original town, good That's old true. Morristown, Tennessee. Oh, but yeah. I don't think I don't think we ever went so far as to get Evil Dead fucking tattooed on our knuckles like that <laughs> badass no. Zach. I don't know if that was the smartest idea, but uh, it's still pretty awesome. <laughs> fucking I, badass. Yeah. Are you kidding I me? I don't regret it at all. I just it's in Tennessee. If you live here and you go into a gas station, you're like, why you got evil on your knuckles? Yeah, yeah, dude. If somebody in Tennessee doesn't get it, I'm ashamed of it. Yeah, them. exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> no, I remember I got that done on tour because I and I was very drunk when I got it. But you know what? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, that Perfect. was that, that was a long ass time ago. That was like when we first started touring, and uh, no, I don't regret it. It's still there. It's I mean, it's gonna be there the rest of my life. I just you know, tattoos are just so such taboo to some people still to yeah. this day, which is crazy. Oh to yeah, me. weird. But, uh, you know, it'd be different if I had Hell Satan tattooed across my forehead. But that's <laughs> but uh, never say never. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess obviously what inspired you to get that done is that you're just a huge fan of of this series. Oh huh? yeah. I mean, I, I, anything. It's weird. I'm I'm really into supernatural and uh, hmm. like any and you know supernatural can be done really well or really badly. We yeah. all know that. Um, oh yeah. And uh, I thought Evil Dead melded both really well. Uh, totally. kind of the zombie with the supernatural and uh and yeah my whole right arm the upper right arm is all evil dead stuff too because i'm just a you know super fan when it comes to it but it's weird man because 
I found, you know, if you want to go back to when I first discovered it, uh, I found it. I would stay the weekend with my friend Wit in like seventh grade and sixth grade. And you're just old enough to where scary movies don't really scare you anymore. You're getting to that age. But we rented Evil Dead 2 on a whim and uh, we put it in his VCR. Dude, he fell asleep, but like I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, man. Yeah. I'd, ne- yeah. I'd never seen a movie like that. And it, it was just the camera angles and the cinematography and the makeup oh, yeah. and the lighting. Something about that halogen lighting they use on the makeup, mm-hmm. uh, that warm sunlight kind of light. And it just, it just made it even more like, gross and real and it was all about the environment that it created and it's like the more you watch it the more you see it and that was just it was it It was over for me man I would, every time wow. we, like every time we would hang out hit, went out and hang out I'd rent that movie again dude I'd just watch it I, I remember watching it twice in one night I don't know what it was about that movie but well I think the thing about it is too is like not only did it have all that cool supernatural stuff and all the gore but I mean if you're talking about seeing that as a, as a ute it also has enough of that like fucking Bugs Bunny slapstick oh, yeah, appeal dude. to yeah. it as well, especially the second half of the movie. Obviously, they embraced that in the third movie in you know an mm-hmm. Army of Darkness, and they just <laughs> rolled with it. But uh, no, that 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 slapstick stuff, I felt like that was kind of an accident, you know. And they just kept kind of, and as the movie went on, I felt like they almost kind of started rolling with it. But the first one was definitely not. I don't think they intended anything like that to be, you know. And then the second one was essentially a remake of the first one mm-hmm. yeah but yeah the second one was definitely my introduction to the evil dead series and that's where it all started so you saw the second one before you saw the first one i did i did wow when you yeah. went back and watched the first one were you like whoa this is different did you like it or not i, I still liked it i still uh loved every bit of it it was i think it was honestly just uh it still had the creepiness to it some of the some of the stop motion like you know the, mm. the oh yeah was just something about that so creepy i don't know why uh but the stop motion like with the with the skin melting off the face and everything and like it's got elements of the second one but the second one has more of what i wanted in it i got that entirely yeah i see what you mean man yeah and that's that's also how i felt about it too whenever i saw evil dead 2 for the first time where i was like i don't know if they were just you know amplifying all the happy accidents that made the first one get kind of silly or if this is the movie they really just wanted to make the first time but didn't have the budget for and then the funny thing is, Zach, is like, I went probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years as an Evil Dead fan without watching Army of Darkness. And really? I watched that for the first time really? for the show a couple months ago. Yeah. Earlier this year. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know how. I thought that I had watched it, but I think it was just one of those ones that was always like on in the background. So I assumed I had seen it. And I fucking Love it. It might be my favorite <laughs> of the entire series, man. It's just so goofy and silly. It would be cool to, to be in your shoes and like watch it later after seeing one and two. But uh, I, you know, once I found out about the movies, I, I just started, you know, watching them all. And about three, it was like it was funny because I had a friend that I, when I switched high schools, I was in uh, sophomore year. Uh, I went to William Blunt High School in Blunt County, and uh, I made a, a few friends there. And my friend Kevin. Uh, Kevin Enzer, like he was kind of, he wasn't really a horror guy, but I was like, dude, you got to watch Army of Darkness. It's hilarious. And I remember sitting on and watching it. He just laughed his ass off. He, you know, he wasn't like a big <laughs> horror guy, but like, it's like the scene where the dude, the skeleton with the helmet on yells, let's get the hell out of here. Like he had to, re- <laughs> he had to, re- he had to rewind that part and watch it like three times. Cause it was that funny. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. Again, it's like cartoon shit. It's like Looney yeah. Tunes stuff, you know? I loved it, though, man. Something about that melding those two together. Somehow it was it was lightning in a bottle. I don't think they meant to find, but they just grew on it and expanded, and it just turned into a cult classic. You know, it, 
you can't recreate that. You you, you can't, no matter how hard you try. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. And, I mean, Sam Raimi is just an absolute visionary because it's kind of like you were saying, you know, Evil Dead is kind of its own place in horror. Like, there's yeah, not really yeah, right. much else that sets foot in doing, like, extremely well-done gore and scares and stuff, but is also really stupid and silly. Like, I think the only real cousins that I can think of would be, like, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive or uh-huh. you know, Brain Dead, as it's called. Yeah, which was uh, it, not much else. imitating Evil Dead as well. So Very much. Evil Dead kind of invented the whole idea of this, like, silly but also serious like bruce campbell can easily be looked at and and taken seriously but just one little glance and he's funny he can turn on a dime which makes the the movie so much easier to mold into that silly while still being i mean scary genuinely yeah i mean yeah. the this the scene in the second one where uh He's in the cabin and everything in the cabin, like the lamp starts laughing at him and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's and my like, favorite. Like <laughs> yes. he's, his facial expressions and his acting. Yeah. Like, I guess you could call it like almost overacting, but it's, it works for him though. It exactly. Really yeah. And, uh, he he just he just nailed it, and it made a uh, it made the movie even more so what it was. Like if you didn't have Bruce Campbell, then it wouldn't have been no what it is by no any not at all yeah no not at all. And that's the fun thing too when you look at that original trilogy and you see. Not only how the tone of the movies progressed from being horror to horror comedy in the second one to just comedy in the third one, but then also see the evolution of Ash, where like Ash in the first one is is honestly kind of a wimp through most of the movie. In the second one, he's out of his mind. And then in the third one, he's full on Ash, like macho, you know, chick magnet, silly character. Uh, I think it's fun to see how all those things progressed. And then when you reach the 2013 remake, it's just like they totally clean slated it. And I know to a lot of people that, you know, has got to seem like sacrilege to be like, you're making an evil dead movie without Ash, without Bruce Campbell. But I think that's the smartest move they could have done because who the fuck could replace Bruce Campbell? Impossible. They could, they could, they honestly could have done that movie and honestly called it something else almost because it, it, yeah. it, yeah. it, it yeah, <laughs> yes. without relating it to the Evil Dead series. But like, it wasn't by any means. I, th- I watched it twice. I watched it through twice, and it wasn't by any means bad. Uh, no, it, I was not like I didn't blow my you know I didn't blow my face off or anything. But like, uh, mm-hmm. it had some of the you know it, it kind of really relied on that that's you know that that edgy horror where like the needle in the eye and stuff like that like, Ooh, man, like the, un- yeah. the uncomfortable stuff like you know it's to me that's kind of a, it's cool but it's kind of a cop-out because you're making shit you're trying to make the movie scary in other ways that evil dead wasn't scary you know what i'm saying uh okay yeah that's a good way to put it and it's just like we're you know with with the movie poltergeist you know when, it, when the entities that are in the movie are revealed uh, like especially in the first Poltergeist, guys, when the scene where you finally see her on the ground and that thing comes out in front of the door and you see it and it's full effect and it's terrifying. Oh yeah, like, like that's that's what makes movies, especially the supernatural stuff, is when they reveal it and it's like actually really good. That's what makes it better. And I feel right. like I feel like you know with the with the Evil Dead remake, they did a good job, but they relied on a different type of a different angle for it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because it is a very different kind of angle of what what is making this scary, huh? Yeah, and that's what I think too. Yeah, because I mean, there's, there's still a supernatural aspect to it, but it's not the same as the original, which is fine. That's what the remake was. That's what it's supposed to be. They took a different approach, and uh, it still had creepy parts. It still had. Uh, I honestly thought 
this and, it, and it's weird. The first time I watched it, I actually thought this is the way it was gonna go, and I thought about how cool it would have been. But there was the one, uh, you know, the one extra in the movie that's pretty much there just to kill off. It was that girl, the blonde girl that, yeah, that, that she was kind of in the background the whole the whole first part of the movie, and then she ends up getting her hand infected and takes a you know a, a knife thing to like cut it off. And I to myself, I'm like, oh, how cool would it be if this like you know background character ends up taking up kind of the mantle of Ash and it's a girl. It was like, totally. that, that'd be really cool, but then it did not go that direction. And, yeah, it uh, didn't. You know, obviously no, she, she was just introduced yeah. to die. Yeah. Yes, yes, pretty much. So, <laughs> I, and so in my head, I was like, that would have been cool, but you know, uh, you know, the whole raining blood part was pretty, pretty oh, epic. Oh, yeah. Slayer Fucking moment. metal. <laughs> yeah. Fucking that was, metal, yeah. dude. Yeah, that I mean, was pretty cool. We're going we're gonna to talk a good bit more about the movie after uh, the interview, but uh, I, I will say that what I would say this movie basically is is. Uh, one hour of a really bad movie and thirty minutes of an awesome movie. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There that's you go. a pretty good way to look that's at it. Yeah, it. I think too. that's a good way to look at. It. But at the same time, man, it's like, you know, there in the early two thousands, we had so many swing and a miss. Yeah. Oh god, like, oh, Zach, you saw that so that Poltergeist many. remake, right? Uh, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't I didn't bother, man. I couldn't oh, do it. Don't. I, I, I don't want to. So Poltergeist is another one of those movies that holds such a special place in yeah, my heart that I cannot do it. And and even with swing and a miss, not even with remakes, man. Just like horror, supernatural horror. Period. Like Insidious. Insidious was almost good until they revealed the demon, and he looked like the yep. bass player of Mudvayne. You know, I. I <laughs> Yeah. Oh did. my god, dude. Yeah, he's like a cross between Martini and fucking Darth that? Maul. I didn't even think about that. I couldn't I could not get into it, dude. I, it's like this just ruined it for me. And, and they almost had something really cool. And I think you know, I can't make a movie. I've never made a movie, so I can't you know, I think some horror movies are just tax write offs, if you ask me. But <laughs> yeah, that actually oh, totally. is true. Especially yeah. if they're made in certain countries. Yes. So yeah. but uh Supernatural is real hard to do right and I mean, there's there's been a few in the past, like the, the Haunting of Hill House, that series. Uh-huh. There, there's one episode where they're in the funeral parlor, and that and it's yeah, a whole scene. One. It's a whole scene where they don't cut for yeah. like almost five. Oh minutes. yeah, the long shot episode. Yeah, Incredible! Yeah. Like I was like, this is the kind of stuff I'm looking for, and and it it was you know stuff like that. Man, people were still pushing the boundaries, so there's there's going to be more misses than than actual home runs, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that you're right, man. But there's something about it whenever they get it right that is just the best. I Phenomenal. mean, the original yes. Poltergeist is still, terrifying. still one of my all-time favorites and still, yeah, absolutely terrifying. We did Insidious on the show, what was that, Steve, two or three weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. And man, it's like, I hadn't watched that movie for years, and it's it's like you said, man, it's like there's some okay things in there, but then it's just fucking terrible. I hadn't watched it since we watched it on tour like a, like a maybe seven years ago or something, even longer, and I didn't... I, I haven't watched it since, really. I don't know how well it would hold up. Uh, as far it doesn't. As, yeah. <laughs> take your word on that. It's like uh, it's like trying to go watch and, back and watch The Phantom Menace. It just... You just <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I can't, you can't. watch it. No, I can't I get skip it. it. Every time yeah. I rewatch, I just cannot watch it. Hell, I can hardly do the second one. Uh, it's tough. It's yeah. a drag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I know that with the remake, like I went in with... With such low expectations, because of all those shit-ass remakes that other people have done, of all these other great horror flicks, so I went in with such low expectations for the Evil Dead remake, and then I watched it, and I was like, actually, that was a lot better than I was thinking that it would be. Oh yeah, you know, you know, honestly, Evil Dead remake, I would say is is probably the best of the two thousands remakes, but that's yeah. still a low bar. 
It's kinda. a low bar, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a low bar. what are you saying? There it's you better go. than the fucking the Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, don't get me wrong. I like the guy that they got me to too. play yeah. Freddy because yeah, I like him is great. as an actor. Jackie Earl uh, Haley. Jackie Earl Haley, uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, So, but it wasn't. It definitely no. wasn't that stellar. Movie the CGI was means. terrible. Uh, like, you know, with, 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 with what we were talking about earlier with, like, you know, Ash finally, like, embracing that macho yeah. character. You know that's kind of quirky and kind of kind of dumb, but smart at the same time. Like he really embraces that in the series too, which I'm yeah. really, I really like the series. Oh man, did. it's just got campy Evil Dead mm-hmm. all over it. I mean, some parts drag a little bit. It's a series, but whatever. But I mean, you're watching it for Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's it, and they deliver. So uh, I've watched it through twice now, and uh, it's you know it sucks there won't be a third yeah. season of it, but whatever, dude. I mean, Bruce Campbell gave us what we wanted. He's given us enough. He can. He can just hang out yeah. and do whatever. Now. Well, and, and he's uh, he is producing the the next Evil Dead. They have announced like a yeah. Oh, so no. he's he's producing. So he's working at least. He's going to be involved. Yeah. Is it a movie or a series? A movie. Uh, it's it's called really? uh, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, it's directed by nice. uh, an I- Irish director. I haven't seen his stuff yet, but I hear it's good. Lee Cronin. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know Look about into that. that. I haven't heard yeah. about that yet. Me either. Yeah. I've never watched the Ash vs. the Evil Dead series. You gotta Steve see has it, seen dude. it. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta say watch it's it. worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. Lucy Lawless, it's, it's Bruce Campbell. It, sure. It's awesome. And then uh, the two yeah. other—I can't remember the actors' names, but the the two sidekicks are great. <laughs> the girl's a little over the top sometimes. It but is it's funny, funny yeah. though. Like as in, like she gets so uh, mad and like starts yelling and just, yeah. Uh, it's a great show. No, it's fantastic. I, I feel terrible for not remembering uh, yeah. the other two main actors' name, main actor and actresses, but. Uh, but yeah, Lucy Lawless, what a surprise, man. Just uh fucking Xena. Just yeah, Xena. Xena just, yeah, yeah well, right. She did really good yeah. in that show. I mean, Bruce Campbell was on Xena. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was he was uh he wasn't Robin. It was Hood, something was he? like that, was though. I I remember yeah. I, remember. I can't remember that show very well. <laughs> but Sam Raimi produced it, so didn't Bruce do was it Briscoe yes, County Jr.? Briscoe County Jr. I loved that show as a kid. I have not watched it I haven't since either, I was yeah. a kid and I'm Me too, to because it was real weird. It was like a western, like a steampunk western, and there was like a real weird, like, like orb yeah. involved. Supernatural western weird. Yeah, it was, was kind of odd. Yeah, uh, it's still better than the for wild sure. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of steampunk westerns, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. Do they have a fucking mechanical spider? I doubt it. Or a guy with an ear horn. <laughs> <laughs> dude talk about movies that are attacked yeah now. for sure <laughs> well man it's so fun to talk to somebody who's as passionate about the evil dead series as we are but zach i gotta ask your personal ranking and we're gonna stick to just the four movies we're gonna talk about evil dead one and two army of darkness and the 2013 remake i gotta know how they stack up for you in a four through one rating uh, I got my guesses as to where this is going to go, but what are you going to put as your least favorite? I'm not going to say the worst, because that implies it's bad, but what's your least favoritist? I mean, it's pretty obvious, man. It'd be the remake, remake okay. you know? Yeah. They tried. They tried to remake, and they really tried to do a fresh start to it, but it's just not the Evil Dead. And and, and that sounds stubborn when I say it, like, you know, uh, like, you know, oh, you know, I hate it when they change stuff. I like change. I like new, fresh ideas, but it just wasn't the Evil Dead that uh, right. I wanted. I wanted more of the supernatural like there it was there but not in the same presence oh, yeah. but uh so definitely definitely the remake that makes sense man and that's such a such a catch 22 as well because you know it's like obviously if they're going to change a legendary flick like evil dead then there's going to be people that are getting mad that they changed it but then 
if they just did a direct remake and tried to recast Ash or whatever. Yeah, yeah that would fail. People would hate oh, that you, too. You can't, dude, you're, da- you're damned yeah. if you do, you're damned if you don't, man. Like, exactly. There's just no way to make everybody mm-hmm. happy with that. That's why I give them the benefit of a doubt, and whoever did the movie, I... I can't, you know, I can't judge them, man, because, I mean, they they didn't do an awful job. It was just, it was kind of a partial miss. I got it, all. man, entirely. Okay, so, yeah, that makes sense, man. What are you going to put as numero trace? I would have to go with number okay. one. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that. Number one. Just because of the order I discovered yeah. the movies in, uh, that's, that's that's definitely I think it's one. still fair, even though, like, I saw the first one first. Um, I think you're right that the second one is slight remake of the first one and an improvement. And for me... Evil Dead 2 is yeah. one for me, and Army of Darkness oh, yeah. is number two, because that's just, the, the, those two movies, the two and Army of Darkness are just my two, like, go-tos for the Evil Dead series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it totally for makes sure. sense, man, because I did watch the movies, I suppose in order, now that I think about it, because I did see the first one first, then I saw the second one, then I saw Army of Darkness just a couple of months ago. Um, actually, you know what? I saw the remake before Army of Darkness, so never mind, I'm a little bit out of order, <laughs> but... I would still also say that Evil Dead 2 is better than Evil Dead 1. And I know yeah. that's probably, you know, sacrilege and some guys no, like I think smashing a lot of people dashboard agree. Right no, I think a lot of people agree with that. It's I th- I, th- I think one was growing pains yeah. for Raimi and then and then and then once he got it right, he was like, "Okay, I got it now." And even 2 didn't have that big of a budget and they still killed it, you know? I mean, I don't think they expected it to be what it mm-hmm. was. Totally, man. I love the the rawness of the first one. There's a whole lot of like oh, yeah, dark rawness a... too that that is not yeah. in the other two. But um, yeah, two's a better film. That's what appealed to me about the first one too was the raw like there's this vibe to it for sure, and that's why you can't totally write it off. It's just and I'm just going off nostalgia when it comes to my list. Uh, you know, as far as how to how I saw the movies as being younger and everything. So. Uh, yeah, one is definitely still. Yeah, really it's cool, a great one. Though, so. yeah. I get that, man. And talk about one of the most ambitious independent movies ever with like zero budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to go out oh, into yeah, the dude. middle of yeah, East like Tennessee no in a little cabin in the fucking winter and shoot a horror movie that we're not really sure how it's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> and then lo and behold, like, not only was it a success, it spawned an entire genre of horror movie which is the cabin in the woods yeah horror movie I, I saw that movie when it came out and i was working at the movie theater i didn't i love cabin in the movie. woods oh yeah i, I think like it's cabin so a lot yeah uh it definitely had a twist that i was not yeah no that expecting. yeah the first time i saw it i was like wait where is this going yeah <laughs> yeah and i kind of i kind of dug it for sure i actually went back and rewatched that recently yeah. and i still like it's it, great so. that's one we watch pretty much every year honestly that's yeah, one of those love, like october that watches yeah. that we always got to check out because it's just it's a love letter to horror, you know? That's what it is, exactly, yeah. I agree. So good, man. Well, dude, now we have an authoritative ranking from Zach Householder <laughs> himself. Now we all know, and the world can finally quit banging on our door looking for answers. <laughs> now we got them. It's solved. There's no reason to even look into it anymore. Yeah. This is done. This yeah, is it's over. It's authoritative. It's written in stone. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I really appreciate you sitting down here to chat with us yeah, about this. Yeah, thanks a lot, this- Zach historic of horror course. franchise, yeah, man. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well and you're getting your studio and stuff up and running. Plug that thing one more time here for the kids listening. Uh, for studio work or anything like that, you know, mixing, mastering, reamping, and everything, it's uh, titanaudioproject.com. And I sell, you know, digital profiles for Kempers and uh, I'll be selling impulses for impulse loaders and all that for all you geeky tone heads out there i'm sure there's a lot of eller fans that are love uh, yeah that there are might be that, some so nerds right so. now for happen. sure yeah, they're definitely there. it's okay <laughs> we're all fellow we're all fellow nerds it's okay uh 
no, no, yeah, I appreciate you letting me plug that, man. That means a lot. So, uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. It's um, it's just a growing process, and we'll see what happens with it. So, I'm excited to see what happens with it. I'm not excited to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, one last question, Zach. Is that next Whitechapel album? Is that uh, that's going to be pop punk? Uh, I was I was going to say probably more progressive mm, rock. Okay, but, uh, okay. Maybe some pop punk in there, maybe. But two step uh, action. Yeah, a little two step <laughs> action. Uh, it's it's there's no blast beats. There's uh, there's there's zero gutturals. Actually, Phil just doesn't sing on uh, it. He's just gonna sit right. by the mic wow. and breathe into it. So that's that fantastic. Sounds great. It's, it's it a spoken awesome. word yeah. pop punk album. You heard it here first. There you go. <laughs> well thanks again so much yep. man uh it's good to talk with you and it's good to catch up about this legendary franchise of course thank you guys for having me i really appreciate it yeah thanks a lot that zach householder what a nice young man i don't care what people say about him i think he's a swell guy i think he's a horseman for sure he is a horseman of all horsemen a mm-hmm. man of all horses Thank you so much, Zach, for being on the show. And everybody keep their peepers peeled for that new Whitechapel album coming out soon. I'm sure they'll be posting some cool stuff about that on their social medias. Ain't nothing but good boys. I like (laughs) them a lot. So thanks so much, Zach, for tuning in. But Steve, we're not here just to stroke Zach's ego. We're not? Hell no. What? No, absolutely not. We're here to be talking about that remake, that reboot, question mark? Mm. of Evil Deed from That's 20 it? and 13. Evil Deed, Evil it's known as. Deed. That sounds like an evil banker character from... Evil Deed. Yeah, from like a cartoon. Yeah. I'm Evil <laughs> Deed. <laughs> and of course, this is, you know, carrying on part of the long-standing Evil Dead legacy, starting from the original Evil Dead, which we've reviewed, Evil Dead 2, which we've reviewed, Army of mm-hmm. Darkness, which we've reviewed, and... The uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I've not seen, but you have. Yeah, and uh, you should see. It's a good show. That's the word on the street, and so I shall. And this movie came out in 2013, and I think in my head, I thought that it was older than that. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's been a while. Yeah, I guess uh. I must have like streamed it as soon as it hit streaming services. Yeah, probably. It's, uh, yeah, because I, I, I remember watching it around then, and I haven't watched it since either, and it has felt like a while, but seven years only, so a lot's happened in between, I guess. Well, you know what they say, Steve, time flies when you're having fun, so <laughs> I guess when things haven't been all fun... Yeah, time slows when you're having slower. lows. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> And I remember going into this with, I mean, expectations that were less than zero, because how can you remake yeah. Evil Dead? How Same. can you do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a movie that was accidentally legendary, you know, whenever they set out to make Evil Dead, it's one of the most, um, as I mentioned earlier, successful independent movies ever made. They weren't trying to make a legendary flick, and it just happened by accident. And uh, then to try to recreate that with a much bigger budget and a plan to make something that is a follow-up of a genre-defining flick. It's like, how can this work? So I went in with terrible expectations for this, Same. and honestly, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised, maybe because of the low Me expectations. Too. Me too. When I saw it back in 2013, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I was I was uh, enjoying 
a good bit of it. Uh, Rewatching it now, I see a lot of the problems that I didn't see back then, but I think that had to do with us coming from the perspective of, well, I mean, this this could only be shit, so if it's not shit, hooray, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then it turned out to be better than not shit, so it's like, well, great. Yeah, and then like watching it this time, kind of going into it with the expectation of like, oh, this is actually pretty good. You watch it again, and you're like, there are definitely very good things about it, mm-hmm. but I think I saw the flaws yeah. for this movie a lot <laughs> more this time. I think I saw some things into it a little bit deeper, more deeplier. More deeply. And then I saw other things that I was like, ah, like they didn't really need to yeah. need to do that necessarily. So I want to get into some of those details and stuff with you here, but this is brought to us by writer-director team of... And that's exactly who did it. Of course, it was Fed Alvarez and Rodo Sayagues. I don't know why you feel the need to repeat everything that I say, but okay. It's, it's the echo. There's always an echo. Echo. <laughs> it's the lag due to us doing this yeah, over the internet. That's what yeah. it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, we, we did have the little uh, question, I guess, last episode of if it was Fede or Fed. It's like uh, it's it's short for Federico, though there is an e on the end of it. You're not pronouncing it, so it's just the short form of Federico Fed. This is this is his big sort of break, I guess. He he he's a Uruguayan uh, filmmaker. He and Rodo Sayagues, I think that's how it's pronounced. Both uh, had been working together on some stuff in you know Spanish language stuff, and then they they got this break to do this and i think obviously he he took a hold of this and and really made something out of it because since then he's done uh don't breathe which also stars uh jane levy and i i really like that movie very yeah very i've heard you talk tense. about that one yeah. yeah i i haven't i haven't seen it a second time so it might be one of those where i watch it a second time and i don't think it's as great but the first time i watched it I was like this is awesome hmm. um he also directed the um they continued the girl and the dragon tattoo series, but like with new people. Oh, Do you yeah, remember this? That's right. I Claire didn't Foy watch was, any of that stuff. Yeah, I haven't. No. I, I haven't. I, I saw the the first remake, but I haven't seen this. He he directed that one, the girl in the spider web. Oh, and am he's I also, nuts or am I just? I don't know. Am I crazy for not really liking those movies that much? Or is it no. just that whole story? I just don't think it's no. Very the good. stories. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a really long, drawn out, uh, revenge tale. That, I, I mean, I, I saw the three original. I don't know if you saw all three of the original Swedish or if you've read the books, but it's really drawn out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the story, the revenge takes a good bit of time. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the, the Alvarez is also going to be directing the upcoming ninth installment of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Oh, no shit. So I'm interested in seeing what they do Ooh. with that. Yeah, I mean, seeing how he handles, you know, a classic franchise yeah. and incredible yeah. gore like he did in this. Yeah, I'm excited I'm for interested it. in mm-hmm. that. I didn't know about yeah. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with it. I wonder if it's going to be a part of the, the reboot line or if it's going to be part of the, the classic line. Uh, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, this is a, a real strong outing i think though it's it's why he's getting these things because you see this in 2013 
and the reason why looking back on it now i can you know critique it but the reason why when we saw it in 2013 we were so blown away is because we had just rode the wave the shit wave ooh, of ooh. remakes that i have been researching been this entire week that's why okay. i watched the haunting that's why i watched fright night um mm-hmm. and i want to give a brief history of what i think is going on okay so you remember in the 80s there were some remakes of of movies like the fly the, the fly thing. The thing yeah, yeah. the blob mm-hmm. that's true yeah. yeah and they were very good movies that actually improved on the premise of the originals Ex- yeah exactly Hollywood got the biggest fucking boner you could get when this works. Because Mm. if you don't have to search for new properties, if you already own them, you're saving some money. If you already know that there's an audience for it, then it's worth putting out there. Yeah, the studio already owns the IP, so it's not like you have to go out and buy another one or search for what's popular. It's already there making money. So they start trying to force it. Start trying to force more and more remakes, and it doesn't work. They get John hmm. Carpenter on it. They bring him in to do Village of the Damned. Fails. Absolutely fails. They keep pushing it. 1998, they bring in Gus Van Zant to redo Psycho entirely. Shot by shot. Shot yeah. by shot. <laughs> Literally saying to people, hey, fuck you, give us money. And it didn't work. Surprise. Uh-uh. No. Shocker. Then accidentally, Jan de Bont is directing the remake of The Haunting, and it makes a hundred million dollars over budget, and that cemented it. That it was at that moment that Hollywood was like, "Nope, that's all we're doing. That is it." Since after th- all those failures, yeah. they had one bite on the hook, and they were yep. like, "Oh yeah, we were right. Yep. Keep on it." Yeah, because the thing was, it was always going to be more worth it. It was always going to be a, a less of a risk to remake the movie. So they were always going to make it work no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once it, it actually did take, they leaned into it hard. So The Haunting makes $100 million. That's 1999. After that, from, from that point, there were over 100 remakes from 1999 to now. Holy moly. Horror remakes horror movie re- not not other types of genres horror movie remakes whoa it's insane so the Damn. reason why when we went and saw this we were already like oh the franchise is flawless what the fuck are you remaking but number two every remake we've seen up to this point almost all of them have sucked yeah and you keep forcing this shit down our throats so we go and we watch it and it's decent and it's like this is all we've wanted just yeah, decent. something that is passable. Just passable. Please try more of this. And then they're like, no, fuck you, poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, fucking Elm Street, Friday 13th. Yeah. Like, what are the classic franchise going to be shit all over? D- uh, Amityville. Like, all of them. The Omen. All that stuff was remade. I mean, I thought the Omen remake was... Okay, it was good because it was basically the exact same thing as the original with different actors. Like, it was really almost the same fucking movie. And Julia Julia Stiles uh, did put in a lot of effort to be weird with the kid. Like, she wouldn't talk to him or anything outside of... Right, yeah. Yeah. But it still was just, you know, eh. 
didn't need to happen. I mean, the omen yeah. is still there, and it's still a great flick. So why even bother? But yeah, like all those. And well, you also have to remember how many uh, remakes were uh, foreign remakes as well. So remaking uh, like the Ring, the Grudge. Yeah, uh, yeah, all that stuff. So it, it it was for you know 15 years. All we were getting basically was sequels to already successful franchises and remakes. And then the other stuff was torture porn <laughs> that who oh, the fuck yeah, wants yeah. to watch it? Mm-mm, not me. It's not my thing. I I found some things that I think I, I think that the remake uh, boom was trying to incorporate slowly. Like they they part of the remake boom, of course, and part of the success is is the ring coming in two thousand one, and then the grudge. You know, bringing in Asian horror. So that's bringing in some of, uh, you know, some of the torture and body horror that you see in Asian films is then being incorporated more into American horror. Well, but the thing about those movies is and why those worked is because American audience had no nostalgia or connection to those franchises yet. So when they changed stuff, they didn't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were taking the wrong lessons. Yes. Hollywood does that a lot. Takes the wrong lessons. Uh, so they they started moving to darker, edgier. Everybody's yelling all the time. The soundtrack is heavy. Goes from like absolutely nothing to a hundred in a second. Like, it sounds like you're talking about Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, yeah. That those things those things were all sort of tropes that were there but they just started like refining it into just shit that it is hard to really connect to sure like you you go back and watch these movies and they're not as they don't feel as natural like you you watch a, a friday the 13th movie even if the acting is bad it feels natural these remakes a lot of them even like even with the best actors it all feels like wink wink like hey remember the old one we're doing that yeah totally yeah yeah and there are moments of that even in this movie yeah there are yeah which don't work at all for some like for some reason the the idea that you would go from this dark ass tone to suddenly like the the quick cut montages of him making shit like ash like yeah that just doesn't work yeah the tone is kind of just like a really weird abrupt shift right there like there's there's ones that are more subtle where like she's sitting on that old car that's the classic yeah that's a, like that, that's a that good works nod. for me that's okay yeah but then other ones are just a little bit heavy-handed yeah i i i think that um i think that overall what i gather i've gathered from the researching these remakes is that uh how like we know Hollywood takes the path of least resistance. Like they're trying yeah. to find the easiest way to make money. And that's, I'm not uh, saying anything negative about them, except I'm saying something negative about capitalism, but that is, that is all businesses. They're trying to make money. They, they, they spend the least amount that they can to make the most amount that they can. And it's going to keep happening. They're, they're going to keep remaking movies because it's it's been happening from the beginning like there are remakes of uh phantom of the opera and hunchback of notre dame and uh, all sorts of different properties from the 1920s through the 1930s there would be several versions of those 
So you said it, there's like a hundred versions of damn Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or something, right? Oh, there's so many versions of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So many versions of Hunchback and Notre Dame. It's just ridiculous how many times they would go through those. So it, it's not a new thing. It's not a new Hollywood thing. But I think that the 2000s version of it has probably proven to be the worst. Like it, <laughs> The least successful, the, yeah. The least successful. No, like, so few of them actually were worth a watch that yeah. it, it made a lot of money, for sure, and didn't spend a, a ton of money. So they did exactly what they wanted to do, but it just was the most bereft, bereft of any real art, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because some so few of these, like, actually did something that the original couldn't do or made the original premise somehow better. Um, yeah. And again, a lot of them were just like, I don't know, fucking use cheap CGI and shit. It's a new technology. The kids will go crazy, you know? Kids love the technology. The kids love it. But yeah, overall, like, whenever I watched this the first time, I went in with such shit expectations that I was pleasantly surprised and definitely amazed yeah. by certain aspects of the movie let's go ahead and talk about some of the good stuff because i think right. obviously if you've seen this movie the most outstanding feature of the entire thing is definitely the gore the gore and the oh, violence yeah. and the brutality are yeah. unflinching and uncompromising like there's so many shots in this that i just kept waiting for them to cut away where it's like they're not going to show me this like they've got to cut away at some point before the real graphic part happens and it's like no let's go closer up let's show the whole thing yeah uh i'm shocked by how much they got away with i guess the original rating was nc-17 but they nipped some stuff out to keep it r i've watched the r-rated cut i don't know how this got an r rating it is it's brutal absolutely brutal i watched the nc-17 and i'll tell you it's just extended bits basically it's nothing's like I, I'm saying I don't see the difference between the NC-17 and the R. Like, they're both as... Like, you just cut a, a snip a few seconds here and a few seconds there. Like, you show something a little less. Uh, aside from the ending, there is a little bit different. It, she gets away from the cabin, and then a guy in a truck picks her up. And then it, like, zooms into her eyes, but her eyes are normal. What? I'm not really sure what they were getting at with that. I'm, yeah. I, I understand why, why they cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, huh. um, yeah, though I it is it is it is a real brutal movie. So I yeah I can't see what little bits they cut that they were like yeah that's better. That's too far. We can't show that. And I gotta say too, like not only is it just really 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 fucking brutal because it is. It's also yeah I think brutal in creative ways in terms of like some of the let's say the murder weapons and stuff that they choose (laughs) to use in this, because it's not at all your typical, like, oh, machetes and fucking shotguns and blah, blah, blah. It's like... There is a shotgun, but it's not used to murder anyone. No, uh uh-uh. Instead, it's like, let's watch somebody get stabbed with a needle extremely violently all over their body. Like, the thing about that scene to me that is so effective, where she's stabbing that dude with the hypodermic needle and shit, is it really makes it spring to mind whenever you read, like, crime scene reports and stuff, right? Right. Of, like, a murder, and it's like, oh, the victim had, like, 38 wounds, and they had wounds to the hands, to the face, to the neck, to the chest, and you're just like, oh, my God, that person was just going nuts on them. And then to see 
how it happens. You know, uh-huh. well, it's, it's kind of like the same deal we talked about, like an opera, whenever that guy's getting clearly uh. murdered on camera and he's getting slashes on his hands because he's putting his hands in front of him to try to guard mm-hmm. from blows and they're getting, you know, slashed as a part of it. Like, all of the like self defense related injuries that people get in this that are a result of them yeah. putting a hand or the an arm up in front of the forearm, the hand, the crowbar right to the there, hand as well. Yeah. Oh my God, man. And you got to think too, like this movie for me really had my toes curling up and had me in a ball on the couch because so many yeah. of these injuries are like nightmare fuel for me, man. Like yeah. somebody yeah, swings a crowbar at Ooh. me and yeah, I put my hand up and it gets cleft in twain. And it's not even by like a clean implement like no, a knife. Oh, so like, it's blunt it's a and just ripping it's ripping your hand apart with Holy force. shit. And like breaking oh, bones and stuff God. in the process. It's not a clean cut. It's so yeah, I already, like rough. yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. I already don't like needles and a needle going in an eye and then he like Ugh. pulls the needle out of his eye. They did a good job with that. Like it's it's a cool little bit because they know I figured that, that was one that would get to you yeah yeah they know that people out there are really fucked up by that so like yeah having it just like break off in his eye and then him slowly pull it out was like oh it was hard to watch and apparently too like that shot and then also the shot where later on he gets like his hand like nail gunned mm. to his chest and he kind of like yeah. pulls it out you know that's, that's just brutal. him like holding the nail in between his fingers and pulling it out slowly. Like, there is no special effects. Yeah, there is no prosthetic. There's nothing. Yeah, you don't have to... Yeah, you just show it right with the camera, and it looks brutal. You ever seen somebody bifurcate their tongue with a fucking dirty, <laughs> probably not Ooh. sharp knife? Because I have now. Yeah, I sure have now. Yeah, it's... Ugh. It's brutal. Like, and all that stuff, it, it like... That's the... That, those, those are the moments when you're watching and the movie works it's yeah. like that stuff works the the opening stuff with like burning the the chick and all that like all cool. of that like it, watching the visceral it, stuff works right yeah watching it the first time when it opens with that you're like oh what are we about to watch like it, the, just the way that hits mm-hmm. he's like oh this is not what i expected like already so yeah. Yeah, each of those, like, real deep, visceral moments is great. Problem is, it's broken up with about an hour of shit. Okay, yeah, and again, that's the kind of thing that I noticed a lot more of this time around, is that there are some things in the setup there in the first hour or so of the movie that I think are really cool that we'll talk about, and then I think there's other stuff where it's just, like, there's this needless, almost soap opera-y storyline along with some very soap opera-y acting about like Mm -hmm. you left me with our mother who was crazy and you abandoned me and our friends and it's like that doesn't fucking matter like nothing about the mom matters at all not at all even remotely nope Mm -mm. it's um it really plays out in a way that it's almost like somebody was trying to fake you out to think that david was the protagonist yeah and it's like well i don't i don't need that fake out uh jane levy is the best thing like best thing going for the movie other than the gore show more of her i don't want to see more of david who is a just this flat coward character 
Like he's that's in his there main so trait. much. He's and there is so much. Yeah, nothing to him. There's nothing. nothing. So flat. Yeah. And then yeah, they it is a lot of him and the other guy who I guess has a little bit more of a personality, which is he's uh he is curious and he recognizes that David's a coward. <laughs> That's yeah, I guess so. It. Yeah, yeah. He's then smart have, because he wears glasses. Oh, also yeah, he's got glasses, so he's smart. Yeah. Hey, oh man, here's a trope that needs to go away. I think I've mentioned it before. <laughs> this needs to go away. Actors, we have a, a good number of actors who listen to this. If you are ever playing a role where you are wearing glasses and you're not normally a person who wears glasses, let me just tell you this. People who wear glasses don't take off their glasses for dramatic effect. I know, right? Like people ever. take them off casually. It's like, I need to not be able to see to say this. Yeah. It's <laughs> I can't never even happened. look at you and say this. Never <laughs> take one these glasses time off. has a person who is nearsighted been like, need to take these glasses off to tell you <laughs> it'd be really cool if like in movies or in real life when people have hearing aids and they're like i really just got to take my hearing aid out to say this yeah hold on a second <laughs> pulls it off like, really <laughs> then he just starts yelling real loud <laughs> damn it grandpa <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like what is it what is the thing in this where like people need to take the glasses off to say something important it's like that that's not gonna help you in any way yeah or maybe it's the kind of thing though where you know if you're driving around and maybe you're lost or you're looking for a turn and you like turn the music down, so you're like, I need one less sense going so I can concentrate right now. Yeah, maybe okay, that's what they're doing. Yeah. May I need everything. Hold on. I'm going to try it. I'm going to say what I'm about to say, but I'm taking my glasses off. Okay. I need so everything to better. be fuzzy so I can really put my brain into what I'm trying to Dude, say. It, it's like Daredevil, man. Daredevil's blind. <laughs> All of his other senses are heightened. It's Actually, the same right thing. Now, with my glasses off, I feel an intruder nearby, and I think I'm going to hit him with a baton. Uh-oh, your Steven sense is tingling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> such a such a weird trope. Speaking of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, uh, Daniel Craig wears glasses in that, and he keeps doing shit with his glasses no one's ever done. Like, he lets them just dangle off of his face, like, at his chin. I've never <laughs> seen a person ever do that. No. Uh, Why would you do that? It's like if you've never worn glasses before and you get a roll wearing glasses, put the glasses on your face, the end. Try leaving them. That's like all they people do. do. That's what we do. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, um, characters, though, uh, Jane Levy, uh, uh, Mia is the deep character, you know, because she's got the, the, the addiction story. And really, like, there is this strong sort of story about how addiction can make you a, a separate demonic person, a person who yeah. cares only about this, this one thing and yeah, totally. will destroy everything around them. That's something that I really got out of it this time that I didn't get the first time that I watched the movie. Cause I remember the first time that I watched it, just thinking the entire addiction, you know, kicking the habit storyline was like really superfluous. Yeah. And then I started noticing it's like, oh man, it's like the same way that the exorcist dealt with a lot of parallels between right. puberty and possession. Mm -hmm. Um I think that this movie deals with addiction and possession. Yeah. In really similar ways where it's like you will do things that knowingly harm yourself. Like Natalie like shoots herself in the head with a nail gun and stuff like that a bunch of times and there's people inflicting self-harm. There's people that are harming their family and fucking destroying yeah. everything around them. And you're like, why would you do that? You know what you're doing. But when you're an addict, 
that's just what you do. You got to fucking feed the addiction. It does. Yeah. Nothing matters. No connections matter. The only thing that matters is getting that fixed. So like, yeah, I, that is, that is like, that's good. It's just that there is a whole lot more going on in the movie that doesn't play into that theme. And I think they should have tried to stick more to that theme because so much of the, so many of the lines are shit that it's just exposition. We don't need like just yeah, so very much. clumsy exposition yeah. at, at the front where it's like, I'm your brother who has not seen you for years. Our <laughs> yeah. mother was crazy. I know that. Like the way that those two, the brother and the sister, like relay information to each other. It's yeah. like, hey, remember when mom was in the hospital and she was really sick and eventually she died? <laughs> it's like, that's not how you yeah. talk to people about things I that have happened in your that. lives. <laughs> it's like, actually, you know what? I'd forgotten about that, but now I remember. (laughs) What? Who talks that way? Yeah, it's it's strange. Like, I I mean, I get it. I think some of it is is uh, lost in translation, and and they did. You know, that was something they addressed. They had Diablo Cody come in to rewrite some of the dialogue to try to Americanize it, but like, I think maybe it was too little, too late. Like, they they probably should have gotten some more people in to try to really uh fix up the dialogue because without some of this bad exposition dialogue the like set piece to set piece is like each of the set pieces are so good that you want to keep watching it does and so like all the stuff that's happening on the side that doesn't really matter or doesn't really grab your attention it's like, well, this will be over in a second and somebody will be cutting their face off in a shower. Like, Right, yeah. It, but you, it would be so much better if you could just improve, just if they had gotten somebody in to really improve that dialogue and really uh, improve the characters. Like, because, I mean, you know, Mia has something going. David, uh, his only thing is that he's Mia's brother, really. Uh, yeah, Eric, I guess his character. Is, yeah, Eric, I guess, is just curious, but he's, I mean, whatever. Olivia yeah. is a nurse. Now, here's where here's where this movie really goes wrong for me. <laughs> As someone who is, uh, who is Mar- wed to a nurse. Yeah, I'm married to a nurse. And I know a lot of nurses have interacted with a bunch of Emily's, uh, uh, you know, coworkers and stuff. And I'll tell you this. Nurses... Some may, but very few and far between. Nurses mostly are just people who saw an opportunity for a job where you'll definitely get hired and you'll make a pretty good wage and you'll have insurance. And they have a strong stomach. Yes, they do. They can they can clean up shit. They can, you know, see all sorts of blood. Those things don't bother them. If they had made the Olivia character a doctor... This would have made more sense because a doctor is someone who could have the hubris to believe that it's a good idea to take an addict as far away from a hospital as possible (laughs) because anything that happens, you can handle it. Yeah, totally. What's the worst that could happen? Somebody going through extreme withdrawals from opiate addiction. Come on. Don't worry. I stole a bag of drugs, so I've got it. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, if it was a doctor, it would make sense that she has the drugs because a doctor, a doctor can get access to those drugs. That's what they do. 
a nurse does not have access to those drugs unless they steal them. So this nurse is a stealing drugs to do an ill-advised thing of taking her heroin-addicted friend out as far away from a hospital as possible to go through DTs. The, the setup of the movie is stupid. You know, maybe that's a secret subplot, though, where what's happening is she is so sick of trying to pull her friend out of the throes of addiction and then rehab and addiction again oh, she's like fuck it these I people trust die. me i'm the medical expert i'm gonna take her out of the woods and just fucking let her kill herself Holy shit. we'll be done with this I'm, maybe she's the fucking villain because honestly here's the thing the people doing the voodoo down in the basement with the dead cat strung up and stuff like that uh-huh. they were right they absolutely they were, were right they're not demon. the villains no, so maybe it's actually Nurse uh, Olivia that's actually the bad guy here. The thing, the thing that really bothers me is that Olivia seems to be the only other one that has much personality, and they kill her first. Yeah, <laughs> she's kind of gone right away. Aside from the dog, who they introduced to be like, here's a dog, and then be like, <laughs> here's a cellar door, and then be like, here's a dead fucking dog. Dogs like, did. that's it. Yeah. It was, like, well, actually, though, in the process, though, they also introduced the uh, the Shrieking Shack, where you crawl through that little tunnel and then the get up in a shack. shack. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I, I We've talked about it so many times. The introduction of an animal just to have something to kill is stupid. But Low blow. Low I, blow. It, it should, at the very least, heighten the stakes. Yeah. It does not do that in this movie. You know, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it, but it's not like her brother is just like, you're a fucking maniac. You have to be stopped. You killed our fucking dog. You killed nope. grandpa or whatever. It's just like, oh, shit, the dog's dead. Bet my sister did it. Huh. I'm going to go knock on the door. Wait, the door's locked? Now I'm concerned. Like, he's completely forgot the dog's dead. Like, <laughs> if you killed my dog, it would take me a long time. Oh, that do- door's coming down. That yeah. door's fucking coming down. Are you kidding? Yeah, I am not running in there like, are you okay? I'm running in there like, what the fuck? What's the matter with you? Yes. I hope your skin does burn off, asshole. You killed my dog. <laughs> but what about Natalie, though? She's got a lot to her character. Yeah, Tell me she some does. of the things she that does. you've noticed about her. Tell me some character traits. Uh, she she got blonde. Yeah, is blonde, has blonde, okay. She do pretty face. Yep, does pretty face, it's true. I did notice mm-hmm. that. End. Yeah, she does yeah. get kind of black knighted, which is really cool. That's true. Really a flesh wound, yeah. your arm's off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't. Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the interesting thing is I wish they had given her more character because she, like, she actually has the most... I guess of the the three women who get possessed, she does the most devastation. Oh my like, god, she's the badass. That's true. Yeah, it's like not only the damage she inflicts on herself, but also the stuff she does to Eric yeah. and uh, is the brother. Is it Daniel or Dave? It's Daniel, isn't it? Dave, Dave. It's okay, David. Dave. Whatever. Yep. Um, the devastation she does to those guys is fucking brutal. So you're right. It's yeah. like she's like the tank of the whole movie, but. There is no character there. But, dude, whenever it gets Sad. to that scene where, you know, she's kind of got the Ash, Evil Dead 2, like, evil uh-huh. hand going on. Yeah. She comes to her senses and, like, I need to cut my arm off with this uh, 
mechanical meat knife that we clumsily introduced yeah. earlier in the movie. By showing, <laughs> Gotta talk about showing that in a second. Yeah. Carve through that roast beef or whatever. Yeah. Dude, whenever it shows her sitting on the floor, though, and she's going through the mental process of, I guess I'm about to cut my own arm off, and it shows the knife going towards the arm, I kept waiting for the cut. It's like, okay, so they're going to cut away from this yeah, and just show like, her face and the reaction, or it'll cut and it'll be a prosthetic and fr- from a different camera angle, and you realize that the arm that was in the shot was the prosthetic all along, yeah. and that knife starts cutting through it. Like, that level of unflinching violence, and also, yeah. a- again, just fucking, these are guitar player problems, the idea of cutting your own arm off, <laughs> holy yeah. fucking shit, man. Oh, uh, arms and hands really have it rough in this movie. Ooh. Ooh, like, man. That's what we, I'm saying. Like, crowbar, she, all that stuff, yeah. She loses both arms. Both men, uh, one gets hit in the forearm with a crowbar, one gets hit in the hand with a crowbar. Uh, and then Mia also loses a hand. Hands get it rough yeah. in this movie. Yeah, everybody's got arms off. That's true. This movie's very anti-hand. <laughs> I think is. this movie was paid for by Big Leg. I bet it was paid for by Big Football, if you know what I'm talking about. But what about Big Foot? Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot did Big it. Bigfoot. Bigfoot loves arms. <laughs> <laughs> Turns but, out. But, but he just wants to draw more attention to them. So he's like, if you take the arms off, people will start talking. <laughs> Dude, there's so much stuff like that through this whole movie, though, where it's just like, it had me, like I said, genuinely squirming. Like I haven't had yeah. uh, a reaction to, to gore yeah. and violence in movies in a long time, man. Yep. It does. It's, it's super effective, uh, which, um, you know, very much indicates exactly how good Alvarez is as a director yeah. that the characters are flat mostly. And the, the, a lot of the dialogue is clunky and bad, but I still enjoy watching this movie. That's the thing, right? Like the direction is are great. Is really good. Like yeah. and I wonder if the flatness of the characters and the unbelievability of the dialogue is a language barrier thing. Yeah, I think where, it may just be a bit of know? lost in translation sort of stuff where like I think so too. Yeah, where like you know, uh I th- I think uh, you know, there there's one line in particular that I thought maybe was translated weird and it was uh I just don't want to become the devil's bitch. And yeah. the reason I thought that was weird is because I don't think the devil has ever been mentioned in the Evil Dead franchise. I don't think so. It's the Deadites. Yeah. It's like there's not yeah. really a, a god, Satan, angel, demon yeah. sort of thing there. Yeah, it's it's a, it's about like they're interdimensional type of weird demons. Like it was a tree thing and a face. It's not like it's not. This isn't about God and Satan. This is like, but the the small things that I keep adding up to me is like well this seems to be like the production should have stepped in with a lot of these things like they should have been the ones to fix these things and they must have just waited to the last moment because if you get diablo cody in to rewrite the lines and these are the lines you get you must not have given her much time yeah or maybe she wasn't that familiar with the franchise you know which seems unlikely as someone who wrote a horror movie you know she probably sharply knows this the franchise but who knows like I I just yeah I I think there are some issues here that probably could have been resolved by the producers along the way because you have this director who knows what he's doing just because you have a slight language barrier I mean it's Spanish somebody fucking learned Spanish not yeah. that hard <laughs> Jesus uh-huh. anyway but yeah those slight those slight problems though 
again, like when you look at the total final product, they don't destroy it. No, I don't think so. I'll tell you what, though, Ben. Between all of the barbed wire, all of the broken glass, <laughs> all of the all of the nails, mm-hmm. all of the people closing up open, gaping wounds with duct tape. This might be the most ECW movie of all time. ECW, ECW, ECW. <laughs> like, dude, in my notes, the amount of times I have ECW written yeah. is insane. Where it's yeah. just like, close up on a duct tape, ECW, cuts off face of glass, ECW. <laughs> what if at one point one of them just jumped up on a table and did a Sabu flip on somebody? <laughs> Threw a chair at somebody and fucking just decapitated Just throw a chair at somebody's face, yeah. Dude, okay, here's an idea, though. Trademark dead and fucking lovely right here why in the fuck has nobody done a horror movie like this and just cast terry funk sabu fucking mick foley and have them do as many realistic fucking stunts and stuff as they can why not just make it real they do it i yeah i mean i think that's probably been like the idea with like having kane or somebody be the the villain but it never works out that way. No. I would love to see that. Just Robert England, but Terry Funk. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm Terry Funk it. could be Freddy. Holy that shit. That would be awesome. That would be fucking <laughs> awesome. It. Funk for Freddy 2021. <laughs> yeah. Start that hashtag, like, uh, right now, you know? <laughs> but I got to say, like, I do think that the direction and stuff in this is good. And I think the look of the movie is good too. It does have that like hyper saturated, like almost millennial thing going on, but yeah. I think that it looks cool and I think Me that too. there's also some shots in this that are very very memorable and very intense. Like yes. one one of the shots in particular in this movie that really sticks out to me is after uh dude is like burying Mia alive and he's got the bag over her head and you know, you have that still shot of just her covered up to her neck in dirt with the bag over her head talking to him. Yeah. I think that is a very fucked up, like, yes. haunting image. Like, her breath is kind of, like, smoking the bag up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's just really, really creepy, really strange, man. And, you know, again, that, that, like, ties perfectly into the whole, like, addict thing where it's like, she's like, why do you hate me? When he's just, like, trying <laughs> to help her and stuff like this. I think that really ties in very well to that kind of way that addicts will sort of play on people you know yeah yeah and that's yeah that's exactly what she she does throughout uh i think it's just not enough not enough of her honestly like jane levy is the she's the best actress in this she's the best person acting in this she's she's really going for it when we get her versus her at the end it's awesome fucking great yeah just the abomination yeah like all the bits with her, I, I really, really enjoy. I wish I wish they had just had her more involved throughout because she kind of disappears in the middle of the movie. Like, you, we know she's there, but she's not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, she spends so much time just, like, down in the cellar chilling. It's almost like Laurie Strode in Halloween 2, where it's just like, yeah. the best person of this movie is in a coma well, the whole time. <laughs> yep, and it, you know? it does not help. I like the look of her as the demon and stuff too. I think that that looks pretty mm-hmm. effective and it pretty does. fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she's she's really playing it up, hamming it up down there uh, with the the 
the cellar door and stuff uh do, doing some stuff that we saw in the first one but uh, the first one didn't the the contacts were like that milky sort of contact so there wasn't like eye expressions and she's really like going for it with those big green or big like goldish demon yeah. eyes yeah i think she's she's doing a lot but again like yeah she's just not getting much opportunity because she's away from everybody else in the cellar and they're just using that time to kill everybody else to get to her and and david at the end i'll tell you what too though man it's fine she is a trooper like yeah. this movie yeah. especially considering the fact that you know there's not really much cg or anything in it means that pretty much everything that you saw was really happening and right. she was really 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 hardcore about getting all this stuff done i mean even the shots at the end with like the you know blood rain and stuff like yeah. that those it's, lasted like a week like they yeah. shot that for like a fucking week yeah this was like a 70 day shoot all night so they Ugh. they were really yeah and so she yeah she's she's out there in that blood rain fucking uh you know ripping off fake arms and shoving chainsaws in mouths it's it's awesome it, that last bit is just once it's just her and the abomination it's it is awesome just no great. kidding man but you know it seems like it was really tough for everybody this entire shoot which really carries on very well with the Evil Dead tradition, because, of course, yep. the original Evil Dead is one of the most grueling, uh-huh. you know, inhumane movie shoots ever, and yeah. this movie really, really carried it on, and that's something that apparently that, that Alvarez and, and also, you know, Bruce Campbell, who I guess was a producer on this. Yeah, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell both uh, produced on this. Producers, yeah. yeah. Like, they told all the actors and actresses, like, this is not going to be easy. This is going to be one of the hardest things that you've ever done in your career. And, I mean, even shots where, like, um, there's that part where Mia's on top of Natalie and she just like pukes all that blood onto her. Ugh. Like that's that's not Ooh. fake. No, I mean, like they had hoses I mean, and stuff like that blood, connected but to it's going yeah, straight yeah, yeah. to her face. Yeah, and it's a long shot too. And apparently, mm-hmm. like they had to have Natalie like squeeze her arm to tell her, "Hey, I'm about to drown," because they kept that Ooh. shot going for a while. I mean, oh, it sounds like this was not at all fun to do. And they shot most of the movie in sequence, apparently, so that they way, that way they could really, like, smear that house full of blood and just leave it yeah. and not have to clean it up. Just, like, leave it there for continuity's sake, which I think is really cool, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I mean, they really did do a good job of capturing the spirit, in some ways, of Evil Dead, while maybe not capturing the tone entirely Mm -hmm. that's fine though i mean the the fact is that the first evil dead was a much darker uh more demonic movie and you could they were going for serious yeah so like you could see how trying to drop into that world you you're not going to get the wackiness of ash because nobody else has gone through what he's gone through Mm -hmm. so you can't just bring in a character and be like okay be wacky like ash they've not had to chop up their girlfriend. They've not, you know, had to experience this fight with demons and shit. You're not going to be that. So you, you've got to come at it at a different angle. You're saying, okay, this is the world that, where demons exist. But, uh, you know, what if other people showed up here and unlike Ash, they do not figure out how to fight these demons very quickly and they all get killed. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny, though, is like you can look at the original Evil Dead which is this movie that was trying to be serious, but had some unintentionally silly and funny stuff in it. 
And then you look at Evil Dead 2, and it's almost like they said, what if we could remake that and really capture all those comedic, wacky parts that came out by accident? Whereas this movie is almost like they were like, what if we took the really serious parts that didn't really turn out all that serious and we made that an entire movie? It's like Evil Dead 2 is the comedic side of Evil Dead. Evil Dead Mm -hmm. 2013 is the serious side of Evil Dead in a lot of ways. Yeah, which is why, you know, any of those times that it tries to sort of pay homage to Evil Dead in the the comic tone, it's just mm-hmm. like, this shouldn't be in here. Like, just cut cut that out. It's it's like, it's almost like, uh, let's say you know a band that uh, plays, they play covers. They call themselves a cover band. And when they go to play the covers, they play the covers all wrong and do them terribly. But then they end the set with one of their own original songs and everybody's like, whoa, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) They come up to the band afterwards and they say, good set. Set wasn't good. The song was good. (laughs) All the homage you were paying kind of fucking sucked. But when you got creative and got original, I really liked it. So I mean, that's kind of what i feel about this movie is like every time they pay homage i'm like eh, don't like why i mean you know when when ash cuts off his hand it's it's like uh mad and crazy and insane but it's also a little funny and yeah, totally. silly and now you're doing it but just doing it like unflinching it's like okay well that's cool but like why don't you do your own unflinching thing stop paying homage to movies that you're saying you're in the own like same universe of like, just because you're in the same universe doesn't mean the same events would happen. That's crazy. Right. Well, and that kind of brings me to a point that, that Zach brought up during the interview there is like, did this have to be an Evil Dead movie? No, like, it shouldn't have been. I don't think so. Like, and I think I would have appreciated it more. Yeah. I think I would have appreciated it more if it wasn't yep. Evil Dead, you know? Because if you call it Evil Dead, all you're going to be doing is making comparisons to ash and sam raimi and bruce campbell and yada yada like the things that we've known for fucking 30 years now um 30 plus years but i think that this movie could have just been something else it's like it's yeah. not the the necronomicon that had to bring the demons out no it could have just been have like yeah it's like oh we went to a cabin and it turns out that our mother was actually a witch in the background yep. our grandmother was go. summoning demons that's fine mm-hmm. that's enough and it could have just been this unique story about this person trying to overcome addiction and being possessed by demons, and I might have even respected it more. I think I definitely would have. If this, you just give this a different title, give it a different, you know, little bit of a different uh, intro, obviously, uh, as you said, maybe lean into witch or Satanist, something of that sort. And then, yeah, just all the same events can happen, but you don't have to keep paying homage back to evil dead for any reason and you don't title it evil dead and people go see it and they go fuck i just saw a really cool movie yeah it's kind of another you know sort of cabin in the woods type movie where there's people that go out to this abandoned location and crazy shit happens but yeah it's got this really unique perspective and the gore is just outstanding yeah yeah that can stand on its own i think so yeah so like really you know the movie the movie has to deal with the fact that it's this evil dead movie, which, you know, it of all the ones throughout the two thousands, I think it definitely was the best of of all the remakes without a doubt, definitely the best, but it, 
it didn't have to it didn't have to do that it could have just been an original movie i realized that more people came and saw it because it was titled evil dead but you know i it's still like it was at a time when people wanted original stuff i mean this is after the babadook this is after the witch like people that's hard to believe yeah like people are seeing artistic great original horror now yeah like if you just said well look at this people would probably be like fuck yeah awesome cool Hmm, i hadn't thought about the timeline there but you're right this was totally after those original non-remake movies that made a huge impact yeah huh well here's the thing though is like according to alvarez and the writer this isn't a remake of the first movie this apparently does take place in the same universe and they're saying that is the cabin from evil dead and these are people that came across the book right 30 years after Ash did. That's why the classic is still out there mm-hmm. in the yard and shit. Yeah. So, uh, so apparently this isn't a remake. Yeah, it's just part of the... Yeah, because... Wait, did you uh, see the post-credit bit? Where he says groovy at the yeah. end? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they introduce him there at the end, like he's here. And yeah, that was his his car. But then... You know, what's the point of that? Like, what does that do for, for the series? It leaves you, dude, it leaves you walking out of the theater going, hey, remember Evil Dead? Hey, remember this is my boomstick? (laughs) Yeah, which is like, oh, yeah, I mean, I do. I remember those. But, you know, you want to be walking out of a movie saying, remember how cool that thing in the movie was, not remember other movies. (laughs) Yeah, remember other movies? (laughs) I will say, though, that, you know, one of the big things that this did dodge uh, in comparison to so many of those other remakes around the same era is how little CGI that it uses. And yes. I know that like yeah. Alvarez and them really brag about how there's no CGI in here. There is CGI in here. There is CGI. I think he's being technical because he, he worked in CGI. Uh, there's green screen stuff for sure. There's like that, that they did not actually set that girl on fire in the beginning. How disappointing. They didn't burn someone alive. Come on. Yeah, and the flame damage on her face is not real flame damage. Like, those things are CGI, but... And I get you can say, it's like, oh, it's real flames that we filmed and then superimposed, but then at the same time, how do you explain, uh, you know, whenever they recreate the, the tree rape scene, whenever she has that, like, black vine thing, like, crawl out of her mouth? Like, that's not real. Yeah, I mean... I'd have to see how it was shot again. But yeah, I mean, I could see they could shoot it away where it looks like it's coming out of her mouth, but it did seem like it was actually coming out of her mouth. Yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe she just swallowed that gross-ass motherfucking thing and puked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she's just a badass. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, but it's still very minimal CGI and and mostly just touch-up type of stuff. So, you know, absolutely... A one effort for that. Like I, I'm sure it had to be hard to convince. Not probably not hard to convince Raimi, but hard to convince the studio. Like, yeah, we're doing this remake and stuff, but we're gonna use practical effects. Like that. That had to be, especially in a time of remakes. When again, as I said, they're trying to do cheap as possible, quick as possible. Yeah, had to be tough uh, to to convince them. No, we need a 70 day shoot and we need practical effects. But I mean. From my experience, I mean, it made a ton of money, but from my experience of talking with people, almost everybody has a positive remembrance of this movie. Yeah, totally, man. So, you know, the gamble worked. I think so. It had to be tough to convince, but it worked. 
Yeah, and too, like that dedication to doing as much of the violence and gore as practical as possible, I think really, really pays off, especially in particularly like grueling close-up moments. Like whenever she's hiding in the walls of the shed, which which again, it's like a shed that tiny, would you really be able to hide in between the walls? Yeah, or did you just real. want to reference Evil Dead 2? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's still cool and all that stuff, but whenever the abomination is like stabbing that machete through and... You remember there's that shot where the machete like drags slowly Ugh. across the top of her leg? Yeah. And you can really see the prosthetic like pulling with the knife. Yeah. Like human flesh would. Mm-hmm. Which is something that in CGI, it would just cut through it like it was made out of butter, you know? Right. And it wouldn't yeah. really look brutal. But in this, like the way that the prosthetic, again, pull is the only word I can think of. Same thing when the arm gets cut off or like when she's pulling her hand out from under the car and it rips oh, off like yeah the way those things pull and stretch as though they have an actual structure and weight attached to them is something that is not yeah. able to be captured by cg and it makes it so much more fucking punishing to watch man so their their gamble yeah. to stick to practical effects really paid off in my opinion yeah i agree with that entirely and i i think this uh you know the 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 addiction bit is is a really good idea for dealing with demonic possession. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, like, you know, putting those two together really smart. It, I wish it had been more of the focus and less of the stuff about, like, their mom having, you know, uh, mental illness and stuff because that doesn't really play much into it. Except later for her to sing that song to creep him out, I guess yeah <laughs> uh, like it, it's just like there's a lot of stuff that sets up things but it's like it's so unnatural like the the roast beef for instance the like who goes to a cabin to help your friend dt and is like well we'll take a roast beef <laughs> and we'll cook it ultra rare <laughs> <laughs> you know what will get your mind off the heroin roast beef roast beef yeah so <laughs> but that's just a setup that they have you know the the electric knife so you know they, they're a little little bitty issues and i also i had this issue because you know how she loses a hand yeah well i i i was thinking oh it's probably a reference you know to the to the uh scripture in which jesus says if your right hand offend thee then you know cut it off Okay, all it's right. Better, better to lose the hand than that the whole body be corrupted. Except they do her left hand. Like, oh. like I thought maybe they were going for this, like, Jesus thing. But then it's just like, no, it's just like, you know, we like cu cutting off hands because it's evil dead. <laughs> it's like the one moment I thought they got deep. <laughs> but, you know... Traditionally, the left hand is the the sinister one, the one that is responsible for the left hand path of El Diablo. Yeah, that's actually maybe there is some depth there. That's exactly what she is doing. She's cutting off the sinister hand, which is a representation of the abomination, the abomination Mia that uh, is stalking her. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe there is some good depth there that I just dismissed for a sec. I don't know, but I too like I like that at the end, you know, even though whenever she gets buried alive and she dies and she's resurrected by this very fucking half ass, like, you know, homemade defib machine that dude cooks <laughs> that up. That would not work. His, yeah, oh dude, absolutely not. Using his unknown knowledge that lets him do these things for some right. reason. 
like I like the fact that the thing that finally got her unpossessed was essentially hitting rock bottom, you know? Yeah. That is it. I mean, yeah, it's it's that 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 is really like it's so much of this allegory about addiction and overcoming addiction, how addiction will destroy the things around you and you'll lose. Sometimes what everything. you gotta do is is become legally dead to kick it. <laughs> legally dead i don't know in what state there is a legal definition of death and why (laughs) they passed a law regarding when one is dead but that line needs to go no one is you're dead when your heart stops the law (laughs) does not get involved i like the idea though of some cops finding a corpse that they find to be illegally dead and they just throw the corpse in jail that's yeah, fine like, you fucker you were you didn't get a license Who's you weren't your supposed to be dead my cellmate's a fucking corpse <laughs> that's fun come on yeah that is fun you're right corpse cellmate <laughs> does sound like a fun time illegally dead corpse mate what do you think about the soundtrack in this flick i think it's actually pretty cool I think so too. I the only thing I had a problem with was whenever we first see the friends all together, there's this sort of like uh lifetime music playing. It's a little too <laughs> like it just doesn't fit, but everything else is great. I think it works great. I think so too. Like a lot of the music in it has that like really, really eerie, like super melancholy, like minor major seven chord quality that I always mm-hmm. find like super haunting that I like I didn't notice that song that you're talking about I'll have to go back and check that yeah, out it's but... ju- it's so brief it's just a little bit where she's like sitting on the 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 88 and he comes mm-hmm. over to her and like it's like I guess we're supposed to feel something there and they were like oh nobody's feeling anything lifetime music go <laughs> let me just run this assessment by you and see if you feel the same way about this okay does this movie feel like you asked, uh, what is his name? What's his fucking name? Zack Snyder and the <laughs> DC Cinematic Universe to make an Evil Dead movie. Does it kind of feel like that? It, okay, it does a little, yeah. Yeah, but that is, I mean, that is the, that is endemic of these remakes is that they went so hard on the dark and edgy and everything is fucking everybody's got an ulterior evil motive and everything is gritty and bad yeah where do these people live that everything is this gritty like where uh maybe philadelphia huh flyers fans what (laughs) yeah i don't know i I don't know why they i i mean i do that the idea was it was going it was going along with what was popular and for some reason after 9-11 we all became emo i guess (laughs) like the whole nation became emo and we were like here emo shit deal with it uh for uh, 15 years i guess and then we'll start (laughs) leveling off yeah i I don't know like the thing is though like you look at it the way that the MCU was set up, it's set up uh, happy and bright. Like, dark shit happens, but it's happy and bright. So you can always go back to happy and bright. With the DCEU, they can never transition to happy and bright. Like, no. every movie up to this point has been so dark and gritty and grimy that they can never actually become what they want i mean i think suicide squad and more more particularly birds of prey is kind of what they wish all of the movies were is that because that has a very particular aesthetic that 
he's a he's he's something. I mean, kids like it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, yeah, it's it's just so yeah the dark and gritty thing. I mean, it's almost completely gone. I hope <laughs> predominantly you're not seeing it as much. I I mean, shit, some shit is dark and gritty, so of course you're gonna have dark and gritty moments but not every movie just has to be that from beginning to end no uh -uh. yeah i totally get whenever people love this movie or don't or just think it's okay like honestly this is one of those flicks where it's like if you're such a hardcore fan of the original i get that you watch this and you're like there's no whimsy there's nothing fun there's no ash why even call this evil dead i get that I also get if you watch this movie and you're like, fuck yeah, they took an idea and went somewhere else with it. The gore is outstanding. I love it. I also get if you're just kind of like where I think we are, where there's like, yeah, there's good and bad about it. Eh. It's just, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You know, if if somebody was like, do you want to watch the Friday the 13th remake, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, or this? I'd be like, well, obviously the Evil Dead remake. Evil Dead. Yeah. No contest. No contest, but I, you know, if somebody asked me if I wanted to watch this or, you know, any original horror movie, I'd be like, yeah, probably the original horror movie. Right. <laughs> At the very least, just to be like, oh, I saw something new rather than just a, you know, despite the fact that this has its, its positives, it is a very much a lot of that dark, gritty, just repeat shit that had been going on up to it. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited that they're making another one, the Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead Rise. I'm excited about that. I, I, I want to see where they go because again, now we're in a different phase of horror. You know, they don't have to go back to gritty. Can they? Can they like meld the the gritty bit and the Bruce Campbell bit? Like, I mean, Bruce Campbell's not going to be in it, so it. No idea where it's going to go. I just hope it's not... I hope it's not a rehash of some of this stuff. I, I want yeah. I, I want it to be full creative or fu- fully interesting and new. Yeah, totally, man. But only time shall tell. But as for this movie itself, man, do you got any final final thoughts and a rating you want to slap on it, some bitch? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so it's obvious that uh, uh, Fed Alvarez is a great director. He really has a good eye absolutely one of my favorite shots in a horror movie I've seen in a long time is when she, he does like the, the zoom to her, then the Dutch angle, then the arm comes up out of the ground and grabs her. Yeah. Like that action shot is just so fucking cool. Loved it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I love what he does. Uh, I think, you know, Jane Levy, uh, Jane Levy is just awesome. She's great. Uh, be happy to see her in anything else so there's there's just so much to like about this movie but again it has this problem so it is it is more of a a middle of the road but but i want to get i want to give it an okay score because it really is the best i think remake of those the remake boom i i think it's it's still not as good as say something completely original like my middle of the road autopsy of Jane Doe. So I'm going to give this up like a four and a half approaching five. 
Wow. Okay. That, that's yeah. actually a little bit lower than I thought that you would rate it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue really got me. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Is like honestly, I had forgotten going into this that the dialogue is really not good and how clumsy that exposition and stuff at the first of the movie is and the character interactions and just how absolutely thin the characters are. And I realized that, you know, if you go back and you watch the original Evil Dead, other than Ash, you probably can't tell me a lot about any of the other characters. Like, there's not really True. a ton of characterization to the original. His sister Cheryl uh, draws. I know that. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, there's, it. there's not really yeah. a ton to anything in the original either, but I don't know. It's kind of like what we said about like the Pet Cemetery remake, where it's like, you had 30 years to improve yeah. this. You had <laughs> exactly. 30 years. And you just kind of came back with some of the same problems, you yeah. know? Uh, so I had forgotten how shallow the characters and character development are, so that's that's definitely a setback, but dude... The gore in this just affects me like so few movies do, you know? And I think yeah. it's just due to the fact that so much of it is done with common, ordinary household objects where it's like, you know, you might not have a machete or a fucking chainsaw or whatever in your house, but, you know, after you watch this movie, you really feel how brutal it would be to be stabbed with a fucking pair of wire cutters. Ugh. There's one scene in there where oh. she stabs him up with fucking wire cutters. <clears throat> It's like they're not even sharp. They're dull. They're dull. I've been stabbed in that exact area. It doesn't feel good with a sharp instrument. Ooh, man, a lot. Now, it's not lay down and die like he does type of pain, but fucking it would hurt a lot. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there's just something about that that, like, again, it's the same kind of reaction you get when you watch an ECW fucking hardcore match and you see people pulling thumbtacks out of their skin and stuff where you're just like oh like, i have oh. those in my house that could happen to me right now like yep. i don't have an ar-15 in my house i don't know what it would feel like to get shot with that i have however picked up a lot of thumbtacks and or stepped on them or whatever so it's like whenever you see somebody cutting their face open with glass or getting you know pulling nails out of their skin and shit like that like that's violence that you can feel because it's relatable and I think this movie does an outstanding job of doing effective violence that is shocking and unflinching and uncompromising in a lot of ways. So I'm going to give it bonus points for having brutality in it that affected me in ways that stuff hasn't for a really long time. I think the last 30, 40 minutes of this are fucking great. Yeah. I think the first hour or so is not very great. No. Uh, but, dude, at the end, when we're talking, like, man, there's fucking blood raining down. Holy mm-hmm. shit. The way she fucking feeds that abomination thing, the chainsaw, and clefts it in twain. Fucking metal. Dude, like, there's nothing more metal. And there's so much blood. Like, seven, what'd they say? 70,000 gallons of blood they used on this? <laughs> Holy shit. shit, man. Fucking awesome. So... Yeah, again, bonus props for the violence and the the practical effects and stuff like that. Big negatives for the fact that it didn't have to be Evil Dead and the character development and stuff like that kind of sucks. I'm going to say it's higher than what you rated. I'm going to call this probably like a six and a half. I think it feels pretty six fair. Six and a half. That is six fair. Six and a half to me. I'll watch it again so. for sure. Oh, I'll watch it again too. But uh, yeah, I'm not rushing to. <laughs> I'm oh, not man. in a hurry. Yeah. Well, Steve, next week for our second week of Halloween-dom, we're going to be watching a OG legendary horror classic. I think the oldest movie we've done on the show ever. 
It is. It is. Uh, we we did Nightmare on the, or uh, Night of the Living Dead from 1968 mm-hmm. previously, but now we're rolling up with some Hitchcock, motherfucker. Woo! Psycho. It's Psycho time. It's been so long since I watched this movie. It's gonna be like watching it for the first time, honestly. Yeah, it it, it has been a very very long time for me too, and. I I'm excited to get back to it, but also intimidated because anytime we do something old, I have to do a ton of research. Ooh, but I kind of like nerd. it, so that's fun. All right, well, that'll be a fun episode. So you guys be sure to tune in then. In the meantime, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Helps us out a ton, and it doesn't cost you a dime but if you do want to spend several dimes you can support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely if you drop at least 10 dimes you get access to the patreon exclusive episodes we most recently did the x-files home Um, good so good and gory and crazy uh go over there become a a a member Uh, if you become a five dollar patron you get to throw a movie title into the smoking bowl. We randomly pull one out each month and we cover that movie. So you get to decide which movies we cover. And guess what? We even pull ones out when we're not randomly picking them. This movie, Evil Dead, was suggested by several people. So we decide what movies we cover by both, you know, what, what people suggest on social media and what our Patreon patrons submit. That's right. So $5 a month, you can help drive the direction of the show. So sign up today. Don't delay. Also, follow us on Instagram and all that bullshit. Yep. At uh, Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And uh, Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Head over there as well. Mm-hmm. It's where all we the all cool kids place. are hanging out. That's right. Mm-hmm. And be sure to tune in next week when we review the immortal classic Pasicho. 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 That's what he says. Norman Bates shows up and he's like, it's me, Pasicho. And then he stabs you. (laughs) He he pretends to be, he pretends to be a Hispanic man. So the people are like, oh, that's not Norman Bates of the motel nearby. Looks similar, but he speaks, uh, he speaks a different language. So it must be a different guy. It's (laughs) Pasicho. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, that'll be a fun episode. So be sure to tune in then. Hope everybody is having a good early Halloween season and staying healthy, wealthy, and wise and living life like you're a fancy horse. Party like a fancy horse. Party like a fancy horse. Wash your fucking hands. And your ass. Tune in next time to Dead Lovely. I'm Uncle Ben. I'm all over safe. Bye. Bye. Coming to theaters this summer from Disney Pixar, a whimsical tale about a misunderstood young girl that goes to a private academy and is teased for her ability to talk to insects and bugs. Along the way, she'll befriend a curmudgeonly Scottish professor and make great lifelong friends with a baboon. Why, it's Dario Argento's Phenomenon, brought to you by (laughs) Pixar. It sounds, sounds right, great. though. Like it, it sounds, sounds like that right. works. Yeah, it really does. 
you know what else it sounds like, Ben? And I had never thought about it till you just put it in those terms. It sounds an awful lot like Harry Potter. You know, boy with powers, he can talk to things other people can't talk mm-hmm. to, and it makes him think like, oh, maybe he's real spooky. And he makes close friends with a Scottish professor who has a wild animal. Oh. Mm, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, it's possible J.K. Rowling is just taking Dario Gento's movies and translating them into, like, English. You heard it here first, dead lovely listeners. You heard it here (laughs) first. The next scandal to rock the J.K. Rowling story. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she... There is a Dario Argento movie about a a school of witches. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of right there, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe something so. to it. <laughs> maybe J.K. Rowling has been just taking Dario Argento stuff for, I don't know, how many years? Nine, since 98. And maybe Dario Argento has been writing the best Pixar movie since the fucking 70s. <laughs> I hope so. It happened. I would love to hear that. If that were to be true, if you like Pixar came out and they were like, look, okay, we didn't want to admit it, but Dario Argento writes all of our movies. <laughs> he ghost wrote <laughs> all of the hits. <laughs> Remember Up? Well, when he told it to us, it was a bit different, but I mean, old man loses wife, builds a balloon house. Who else would have thought of that? In this time, instead of the girl, she talked to bugs. This time, there's a dog that talked to people. <laughs> Your dog. What? <laughs> what would he say? <laughs> now Dario Argento's getting a great sense of humor. <laughs> he is. He's aging like a yeah. fine wine. <laughs> right in those Pixar movies. Yep, yep. 